0: Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, today's the day. Tonight's the night, actually. The night we find out who the Jazz open the playoffs against. Sunday, 7.30 is Game 1. They get the winner of tonight's game with Memphis in San Francisco to play the Golden State Warriors. So, the question, of course, is not only who will the Jazz play on Sunday night, but will Donovan Mitchell play? He came out and spoke to the media yesterday. We haven't heard from Donovan in a long time. He says the plan is to go. If there are no more setbacks, we're going to play that for you coming up later in the hour. So, stay tuned for that. Now, he was pretty positive and upbeat and hopeful. Quinn Snyder seemed like he was was ready to pump the brakes a little bit. Here's uh, Quinn Snyder. Uh, who's very curious about how Donovan Mitchell, after practicing on Thursday, how he's going to feel today when he gets back to the facility. Here's Quinn Snyder with the media.
1: Hey, Coach. Sorry if I'm boring you.
0: You
2: never bore me, Tony. Oh, I, I, was just, I was just preemptively apologizing. Um, okay. What do you, what do you got? I'm, now, now I'm wondering. Got me curious. <laughs> um, You know, with, with you guys, what's the proving ground for you guys?
3: Just, you know, knowing that you guys awaited you know,
0: basically all year for this, and this is what you guys have been shooting for. Um, you know, just heading into the playoffs.
2: Well, I, I think really it's not that different from any other team. Um, you know, as far as you know, I think we recognize, like you know, everyone else does, that you know the NBA playoffs are are a unique, unique event, and obviously. for for the the simple reason that that's where, you know, the, the championship is won. Um, that said, you know, you don't ignore the regular season. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was a goal at the beginning of the year to, you know, to win the regular season. Um, the goal was to play as well as we can, you know, get better. And in doing so prepare ourselves to, you know, to play well and hopefully win in the playoffs. So, um, that, you know, in a nutshell, I think that's how we've approached it. Um, that also, you know, recognizes the fact that, you know, it's, it's true, you know, at this point, um, you know, your, your record zero and zero and as is everyone's. And I I think particularly when you look at this year, um, you know, I think seeding is, is basically irrelevant. Um, you know, the teams that play well and, and when games are going to have an opportunity to advance. And I don't think it matters, you know, who you're playing. Uh, I think obviously matchups are always, you know, something that, that people look at. Um, but that takes place during the course of a game. Um, that takes place game to game. So those things are always part of your preparation process. But, you know, obviously it's something um, that you look at because you, I'm waiting to see who you play. Um, but again, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we close the book on the regular season. It's that simple, something you look back on and feel like you had a really good year, but, um, you know, i kind of embrace whatever, you know, whatever comes as far as expectations, whether they're high, low in the middle, you know, those things always change throughout the course of the playoffs. Anyway, depending on how you're playing. Kristen Kenny, jazz TV. Coach, we just talked to Donovan uh, about this whole year and looking back to the playoffs last year and the level of focus from the guys and determination coming in this time around. What have you seen um, as far as that, the, the focus, the determination, the extra reps that your guys have put in to get to where you are now? Well, the season's so different, Kristen. You know, I, I I think we were focused and determined last year. You know, I think we went from a situation where I think 15 of 17 people in, in one, you know, um, poll, for lack of a better word, picked us to lose to Denver. And then we're up 3-1 and probably those same 15 people, you know, thought we might close the series. We didn't. I mean, so that to me is the biggest thing when you look back. It's – and it's not just applicable um, in a series. It's not just applicable in a game. Uh, it's applicable throughout the course of any given game. And that consistency, I think, is the the, the important part. You know, you, you've got to play well um, for as many minutes as you can. And you know, those stretches, if you don't play well, you've got to make up for them. Um, so as far as you know, any determination, I, I think, there's a determination to win. Um, from every team, you know, how that translates to us. And, you know, I'd I'd like for us to be determined, um, determined to execute, you know, every possession and, you know, being able to have that mindset, particularly when teams are so well-prepared against you and trying to take things away, um, you know, you've got to, it's it's a test of your will, you know, to play through contact. If the game's, you know, not being called as closely as it might be in a January game, um, you know, to adjust everything. And that's that's the challenge, and you know I'd like to think that having some level of experience um, dealing with that is is always beneficial. You know, you have teams that have had an uh, advance deep into the playoffs that have more of that, but you know I don't I don't necessarily think that precludes a team like ours that um, you know lost last year from from not doing that this year. Sarah
1: Todd Deseret News. Quinn, what, what is it like for you and your staff for these playing games as far as work goes? I mean, are you watching these, you know, together in the office and, you know, are you going to be there tomorrow ready to do something as soon as the game ends or, or is this something that you're doing at home and you'll deal with it afterwards?
2: You want to know the course of my day. I'm sorry. Play-by-play on what you're going to be doing. Yeah, right. No, I think that the, what you're getting at, uh, I think, is is absolutely true. And it's it's really different. Um, and whereas some teams, you know, they've known who they're playing since, you know, early in the week, their preparation is going to look very different from ours. Um, so, you know, not knowing who you're playing, um, you know, you, you, you want to work. Um, you just you're ready to go. Um, but at the same time, being really smart uh, about what it is that you're doing. You know, I, I think for us as coaches to have, you know, contingencies, um, you know, on, on, in this case, you know, who, who, you know, whether it's Golden State or Memphis, you know, we have to know that. But, you know, early in the week, you know, if you go through the probability of us you know, playing certain teams, you know, you're, you're really not spending your time. Um, very, very wisely if you're going too deep into those things. So we've tried to set it up in a way where um, we've not only focused on, you know, our potential opponent and, you know, got to a a pivotal point where we feel like we can move quickly when we find out who that is. You know, I think, you know, the fact that there's two teams now reduces it where you can do more on each team and splitting some of that that work up, but um, you know, two teams that are different and I think that some of the focus, at least for us, you know, early in the week has been on us. And that also requires, you know, planning, decision making. So you, you kind of go broad and then you eventually narrow it in, um, you know, because even you know, the rest has been a priority for us because that's something that, you know, that I think having some injuries late in the year, we had some guys that were playing a lot more minutes. And then continuity is also. know, something for us to think about because we have had a couple guys out and they're working their way back in. So there's a lot of variables that, you know, you're considering when you're planning, you know, how to prepare your team. And then as the week progresses, I think we get deeper and deeper um, into the preparation for who we're going to play. And, you know, and again, could not be more different from, you know, a team that knows who they're playing for the course of the week, their preparation is going to look very different for us. We don't find out till, you know, until Friday night. And, you know, that gives us a quick turn.
1: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: When I just wanted to ask you about what you saw out of Donovan today. I mean, he told us that, um, you know, he he definitely looked and felt like it was the, his first time going through a full practice in four or five weeks or, or whatever it was. And um, said he felt good, but he was waiting to see how he feels after today and kind of making a determination on his game one readiness and, how many minutes he'll be playing. Just kind of give us your thoughts on, on what you saw from him uh, finally getting back to a full practice.
2: Well, the biggest thing is, you know, he's out there and there's always going to be some, you know, some cobwebs, um, you know, but, but him being in a good place mentally. And I think, as you said, as, as he, he said, you know, this is something that, you know, you take um, day by day. Um, but I I think his expectation and I should say his desire obviously is is to be out there. And then um, as he said, you know, see how he feels, you know, later today, tomorrow morning, see how everything, um, how his body responds, how his ankle responds. But, you know, he, he looked good. Um, You know, he looked fatigued um, at various times. I think that that was something that he was aware of and, but, you know, you adjust to that, get yourself out for a couple of possessions, get back in and, you know, I think the thing that the the overriding thing for Don is that you know he's listening to his body, and you know that'll determine where he is. obviously he he wants to be effective and you know he can be. Um, but he's also you know got to be able to 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 function out there in, in a way that you know where he feels he can be impactful. and, and that's the goal. And
1: Anderson, Castle Sports is next.
5: When whoever you guys play on Friday will have, or Saturday, I'm sorry. will have Sunday, excuse me. Uh, we'll have already played two high leverage games this week. And you guys have kind of had a week off. Have you thought about, you know, is that an advantage
4: for them? You guys have a great rest advantage, but how do you balance that?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, you, you could make a, you could create a narrative on either side and, and you, you know, hit on kind of the biggest things it's any sport, you know, at the end of the year, when you rest guys, you're, um, you know, you're looking at the impact it has on your health, physicality, you know, being injury free, um, versus continuity, you know, guys being, you know, their timing. So all those things, you know, need to get addressed. In our case, it's, it's more impactful, I think, because, you know, a couple of our key guys, you know, are making their way back, um, so, again, that focus on, on first their health and how they're doing and how does practice impact that. And I think that's true of our, our whole group in a different way. You know, Joe's minutes went way up. Jordan's minutes went way up. So, you know, everybody's got individually a way to prepare. And for us as coaches, it's, it's a balancing act. You, you want to have a little bit of both. Um, as you said, there are some teams that, you know, have played a couple games and are getting deep into that competition. That could be helpful. Um, you know, us having guys back, being healthy and rested, you know, can also be helpful. So, um, you know, it just, it just depends. It's one of those things you look back and, you know, in hindsight and say, you know, maybe we should have rested more, we should have played more. But in this case, a lot of it's taken care of for you, um, because we can't play until Sunday, as you said.
0: All right, there is jazz coach Quinn Snyder. If you want to hear the whole thing, it's up on our website, 1280thezone.com, his entire session with the media. We're going to take a break, come back with Joe Ingles. Stay with us.
6: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We had Joe Ingles on in the 9 o'clock hour. love to... uh, Revisit that and uh, play that in the morning for you early risers. Now, Joe at this point isn't talking about Donovan. He wants to let Donovan talk for Donovan. Donovan did speak yesterday, Jazz media availability, after Joe was on our show. So Joe didn't know anything about that, or at least he didn't say he knew anything about it at that point. Uh, We're going to play Donovan for you coming up in the next segment, so stick around for that. But here's Joe on multiple topics, including Donovan, which obviously Donovan updated himself, and he's hoping to play Sunday. Uh, we'll get to Donovan coming up, but first, here's Joe Ingles with PK and I.
6: Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe,
0: and he'll flush!
6: And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic...
0: The Joe Ingalls Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingalls jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingalls. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How were a couple days off? Feel like a brand new guy? Y'all rested? (laughs) Rehabbed? Ready to go?
8: Yeah, I mean, I've never... Uh, probably admit at the time that I was uh, pretty tired but I was getting pretty tired towards the end of that stretch uh, being full time point guard for a little bit there so um, I was saying to someone the other day I don't think I've seen the seven years in the NBA I don't think I've seen so many teams press this full court as they did in the last three weeks or whatever it was so um, yeah I was was, was getting a little bit tired there but glad we could kind of hold on and um, do what we wanted to do and, and finish strong. And, and obviously now, um, yeah, nice couple of days off and got back into it yesterday a little bit. And obviously we'll kind of pick it up and build it up here until until Sunday.
3: So I listened to your Zoom on Wednesday, Joe, and I got to say, you are a pro because you were probed about (laughs) Donovan Mitchell and you knew precisely what to say. You handled that full court press as well as you did out on the floor when they pressed you when you played point guard. So I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask you again ask you who or excuse me what is up with donovan mitchell the only thing i want to know from you this morning joe is can you tell us and uh, who the starting five is going to be i don't want to know anything about donovan mitchell <laughs>
8: that's uh way to uh, way to put your question you just asked the same question as i did in a roundabout way
3: <laughs> we're both pros here joe <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it
8: I've seen enough uh, knucklehead media in my life to know that they do that several times. um, The five players that will start will be the five players that Quinn wants to start on Sunday.
0: There it is. That's that's deep, Joe. That's
9: deep.
8: And if it's me, if it's not me, if it's George, if it's uh, Jarrell, if it's uh, Trent, we'll just have to see what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm just curious the answer's like this do you understand you're supposed to give them or does someone in the organization whether it's front office or coach you know whoever say hey this info stays here the rest of the world gets the guess I don't want any of you boneheads leaking it
8: yeah I mean it's just not a part of it too is it's not, not none of my business but it's not on if it was me and my injury I would be I would give you guys as much as um as I could, as I was allowed to or could or whatever. Um, i obviously, I'm not inside Donovan's ankle or foot or whatever ankle. Um, yeah, it's not, I guess it's not really, um, to your question, like, no, we don't get it. like a briefing report, what what to say and what not to say on, on media days or anything like that. Um I think it's just a bit of common sense. Like I would never speak on someone else's injury because it's not my, not that it's not my business, but it's not my place to, to do that. So, um, if Donovan comes on and wants to talk about it, then um, that's completely up to him.
3: So, guys in the NBA, Joe, obviously the goal as a team is to win the title, and that's the most important thing and the most success that you could possibly have. I was wondering, do you got
8: everyone's call. Do you think that's everyone's goal, though?
3: To win an NBA title but by an NBA
8: player? Yeah.
3: Well, that would lead me to think that you don't think that. So the next the question then would be, why don't you think <laughs> that?
8: No, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying that about... I'm just asking a general question. Do you think out of 450 players... 450 players, pure one goal is to win an NBA championship.
0: No.
3: No, I mean, some guys want to make it in the league because that's where the big money is. And just to say you're an NBA player, I get that. But I think rotation guys, guys like you, who've been in the league for a number of years... I think that's your goal, and I think the nucleus of this team, when Mitchell goes last year and says we're done with the first round and we finished with the best record, but yet a lot of people still don't believe in us, I think most of your guys certainly, I am actually believe all of your guys are committed to winning a title. They're not worried. If you don't have your place in the league yet, are there other reasons as to why you would think that wouldn't be the goal?
8: Yeah, I mean, I, I believe. I. Like what you said, like, I, I know our team is fully invested in it. Um, but you also, on the flip side of that, like, there's a lot of guys in this league, like you said, they're trying to make it. Um, they might be on the last year of a, a minimum deal, a four-year minimum deal, and they want to get paid and they True. want to look after their family, which you can't uh, you can't be mad at. Everyone, or, I mean, whatever job you do, you want to you want to look after your family as much as, as you can, whether it be your yeah. immediate wife and kids or your extended family if you're able to. Um, but it'd be interesting if you got everybody down and uh, we all had to do a, a, a survey or a questionnaire or whatever you call it with no names on it. I'd be interested to see how many people, what answers they gave.
0: You know, and I'm with I know, you.
8: I know what our team's answers would be. I know our teams would be the right answers. But I'm just saying, speaking in general.
0: I'm I'm with you on that, Joe, and I see where you're going. I think the next layer to add to the conversation, though, is there are people who would say that they're in it for that, but they don't really want to pay the price. They don't get for up sure. a thousand shots a day. They don't watch what for they sure. eat or how much they run or ride a bike in the off season, and they might, so might be coming out a of a strip club a survey, at four in the morning. You know, a
8: survey with with no names on it. It's fully. Uh, disclosed no one ever no one was ever going to find out it'd be interesting to see what the answers would be like whether it would be i want to get paid or i just want to be in the nba or i do want to win like i genuinely don't care about the money um, it'd, be inter- it'd be interesting anyway how much on with your uh- on with your
3: silly questions. <laughs> well, now I mean, you opened up a fascinating aspect. How many of those guys, though, that you would question? Because clearly, you're questioning some. How many of those guys are integral parts of the team? I, would, I think we understand the end of the bench guys are just trying to survive in the league, which you used to be. You're not anymore, obviously. But sure. yeah. you, you know, how many of how many guys who are going to be in the NBA and are not end of the bench guys? Are committed to winning it all. How many, or how many do you think
8: aren't
0: committed to winning it all?
8: You know I'd also, I'd also add is like um, that. There's obviously been guys in the league that have done everything they've wanted to do to get paid, and then after that, kind of shutting it down. Which yeah. is interesting. Which is interesting. you yeah. like, I I still remember when I signed my four year deal, and obviously you have like idiots on Twitter right like oh now you've made it like you can relax or now you like my whole goal the next year was like I need to play better like I have to prove that Um, not really to anyone in general but like myself like I need to prove my worth that I'm worth whatever X amount of dollars I was playing for for the next four years um, you see like there's, yeah. there's other people other guys like it's, it, it's just interesting I don't know I was thinking about it this morning randomly and so when you asked that question, it uh, came to my
0: mind. That's funny. Well, not to be a not to be a total homer here, and you know the Jazz guys are all in, but nobody else is. I do we are th- all
8: in. I can I can promise you that. I'm around. Right, no, out. I get
0: I get that, but I think that we ought to acknowledge that. I think on most of the better teams in the league, not all of them and not everyone, but the reason you're a better team in the league is because you have more guys who are all in. Because sure. otherwise no, I, it becomes a stumbling that. block. And, I mean, just to pick random numbers, you know, you're seventh instead of third or you're fourth instead of first yeah. or whatever. So well, Then it
8: goes on to uh, what West, I think Westbrook said it in a reply to someone on social media or Stephen A. Smith or some, some reporter somewhere said something, and he said, like, I'm not going to define myself by a championship. Yeah, like, yeah, you're
3: right, yeah.
8: It would be great, um, but what he does, and obviously we see – a little bit of what he does off-court, but I'm sure he does even more than what he actually shows. I think there's a lot of players that do a lot more than probably what people think. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We could talk about it all day, to be honest.
3: Right. Oh, yeah, no question about that. Yeah, well, there's a, there's Let's a, do it. I got nothing well, to do. Well, I, I wonder, in Westbrook's case, <laughs> he's playing with a crappy team, so they don't really have a chance, whereas you guys do have a chance, so... You know, where I was going with that originally is you've made your money, you've made your mark on the league, you've made your mark on the community, you've done everything probably that you wanted to set out to do individually. And so you've accomplished all that stuff now at 33 years of age. So basically the only thing left is to win a title uh, at the NBA level. Two things left. Okay, what are you? What's the other one?
8: Obviously win a championship for Utah. Yeah, yeah. and a gold medal with Australia.
3: Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha from that perspective. So, uh, uh, what what would an NBA title mean to you?
8: Oh, I mean, it would the world. Um, it would be a, a very special moment, um, and I don't even really say that for myself. Like, yeah, it would be great to have that, I guess, like, on my, my resume one day, but um, also for... Utah, like that's why. Yeah. That's why I kind of do what I do off the court with with what we do with Renee and I and, and the, the kids and the donations and whatever it is. Um, you almost feel attached to. Like I never thought I would obviously be here for seven years, let alone one year when I was on a month-to-month deal. Um, so um, yeah, it would be an unbelievable accomplishment. Myself and for my family and for us to kind of uh, talk about one day when I'm old, and, um, but there'd be no better feeling than doing it and rolling down Main Street or whatever with a um, to, um, yeah, it'd just be a a pretty cool moment to share with with the people here because we have myself included, but the, the guys that have been here and um, from seven years ago winning. Like 28 games or whatever we did that first year um, to, to kind of where we are now, and obviously a big part of that is what the Millers did, um, building the team and getting Quinn, and then obviously now with with Ryan and his group. So um, yeah, it would be incredibly special. Um, it would mean also that I'd be on a plane a couple of days later to, to head over to Tokyo to try and uh, win another one. So it'd be uh, it'd be very special.
0: So if you talk to other players, and and Mike would be the person on your team, and most, uh, you were talking about how exhausting the end of the season was, but when I hear people talk about deep NBA playoff runs, it is just all-consuming and exhausting. It is never easy, even for the legends. And the teams like the Warriors who do it multiple times – it's no surprise they end up with injuries and this cumulative fatigue after several years. So have you really braced yourself for what a deep run means?
8: For sure. No, it's, uh, I think, like um, went to the Western conference finals with Memphis one year, JC went to the finals with Cleveland that year. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. So speaking to them a little bit too, it like it, it is, it's, I mean, it's a grind. And I think, um, what also play a part in that is the way we play. Like, we play a different way, which is hard in general. Um, it's hard to do for 72 games. So, you, you um, at this point, having the, the couple of days off early on and, and a lighter day yesterday, and then obviously getting back into it, um, everything kind of from this point, um, as of, like, Monday, when we, when we had the, the time off, is about getting ready getting your body ready but also kind of planning the rest and making sure you're getting enough sleep and and downtime and and getting your legs up and and stuff like that so um yeah it's uh it's a it's going to be a hopefully a very long run um that goes all the way to the end and and we've got to kind of brace and prepare for that and um i'm lucky with with renee and the, the kids that they'll That'll give me every opportunity to to rest up as much as possible um, when the kids don't want me to be chasing them outside for a little bit. But um, no, it'll be be exciting. It'll be fun. Um, But it's it's almost time to to kind of park um, some stuff aside. Um, Like our record was great, but that's kind of... The 52 games don't really mean much except for where they placed us. So we've got to kind of park that aside and and obviously, like I said, prepare and, and get ready for this... Kind of next this next section of, of this playoff run.
3: So what's interesting? It's I think it's uh, in my mind. It's the first time ever. Maybe it's been done. I don't know. But the thought being that the number one seed now is not going to know its opponent later than everybody in the league right <laughs> and that's sort of weird you'd think that the that's somewhat of a disadvantage and so you're not going to know your opponent until we have the outcome of the Memphis of the Golden State game which is going to be late and it's going to be less than right 40 die. yeah less than 48 hours uh, before the tip-off on Sunday evening. Uh, do you know what you guys will do as far as preparing once you know for the individual team, or is it more about yourselves and it doesn't really matter anyway?
8: Um, yeah, I think uh, I think a, a part of it is about ourselves. A part of it, like I said, the first couple of days was purely the the physical health side of it, getting, getting some rest, and um, especially as of kind of yesterday, it was four teams we could have played um so now that we know it's down to two um again i think um i'm not in uh, the coaches meeting which they're probably doing right now um but they'll be a lot of focus on ourselves obviously um how we want to play what we want to do um on the offensive and defensively um obviously defensively we can talk about um bits and pieces um obviously for for us, we've been pretty consistent with what we've done defensively for a lot of the year. Obviously, uh, certain individuals on certain teams take a bit more of um, a scout or, or, or effort and, I guess, time and effort put into a scout to, to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and obviously, they've kind of got guys like that on, on either team. Obviously, if there's Steph, it's it's Steph and what he does for that group. Um, and then with Memphis, they're probably a little bit more um, across the board. But obviously, Jar is a big part of their, what they do, Dylan Brooks, um, Valentuna's down on the block. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, it's it's not ideal, um, but it's also, again, I've said it, so I don't get put in those meetings to make decisions. So we, we just do what we're told. And um, that part is, I, I guess, being devil's advocate a little bit, I guess it, on one side of it, it kind of makes you not overthink anything too much yet because we don't know who we're playing. So we can't overthink how we're going to guard Steph or how we're going to go. Like we can put some ideas and plans probably in place, but as of kind of Friday night and, and that session on, on Saturday that we'll have and a shoot around Sunday morning, um, obviously those two days will be, be very crucial. Um, Probably more mentally than physically. Um, just really locking in on our, our game plan and what we're going to do and, and how we're going to play.
0: So I'm I'm curious how much the preparation because obviously you've seen these teams you know two or three times two in the east and you know three for most of these western times this year. How much has the preparation changed from one matchup to another aside from injuries and guys you know either playing or they're not playing? But how much does it change? Do you defend Steph? really differently one time as opposed to when you played him a month earlier or whatever
8: yeah i mean i think like i mean he's a good example because of how much he impacts the game with with what he does on the floor um and it's same with a a lot of guys when we would play Jokic last year in the playoffs or or james harden in houston that, that year whatever it is um these guys are uh, at the top of what they've done and they've won MVPs and Champions, whatever they've done in their careers for, for a very good reason um, so I think it's about regardless of who that is whether it be JAR whether it be any of those two teams um, a lot of it you, you want to mix it up you want to make it as, as hard as as hard as you can on those the guys that are going to have um, the ball still the most or those guys that make the, the biggest impacts on their teams so um, yeah it's 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 tough to think like I said kind of overthink it too much right now because there's um, a 50/50 chance of who we're going to play um, but you want to make it tough you want to make it as hard as you can obviously in a, a seven game series is, is long um, so you want to you want to change things up a little bit you, you obviously focus on yourself and what we're gonna to do um, but yeah you want to you want to mix it up and if you give Steph the same look every time or, or durant the same look every time these, these like guys at the, the top of the the uh, echelon of players, they're they're going to eventually adjust and, and be able to make plays. So you just want to make it as tough as you can.
3: So who do you think of the first three guys are going to be off the bench for you guys, Joe?
8: <laughs> um, the fir- it'll be the three guys that Quinn decides would be the best uh, impact off the bench after the starting five, which he'll choose. Um, Leading into the games,
9: nice.
8: You
3: got a future in politics, Joe. I
8: can, I can promise you that'll be the last thing I'll be doing. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, I'll by be the doing way, mil- million things before that.
0: Uh, good call on Jordan Clarkson. I thought of you when he dropped, uh, you know, what song really captures the mood of the team? What you thinking right now? And he said, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and then he played it on his phone on the Zoom call. Thought, Isn't he just, like, yeah, one of a con? Right, and I thought, this is what Joe was telling us about. This is one of the things he does. He picks a song that's older than himself, and he's got it on his phone, and he's got this little giggle It's infectious. It was. <laughs> and he has
8: sunglasses on. And, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's, the, that's, like, the crazy part, too, of why we, we were... I can't remember who we were talking to. We were talking about it the other day a little bit. It was like I don't I don't think we'll ever meet or the NBA will ever see like another Jordan Cox. Like even the way he plays, you can't you can't like teach that to someone. You can't sit and watch film and say, Hey, put your body like one leg here, one arm on the ground, the other arm um, just putting the ball behind your back and then you're still gonna score. Like you just can't and then off the court what he does and how he lives and his, his, um, like his, his, like his happiness. Like he's always, he's just always happy. Like he, he, there's not, there's not ever going to be another Jordan Carson. ever. Not even close, like not even, a. Like, imagine imagine a young kid saying to JC, like, hey, I'd love you to come like help me work out and, like, show me what you do. Like, imagine him trying to do the stuff that JC does.
0: I'm impossible. Not happening, yeah. Not happening. All right, Joe, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, and we'll be watching Sunday night when Donovan either does or doesn't start. <laughs> One more you, thing, Joe. <laughs> and you play either the Warriors or the Grizzlies.
8: We'll, we'll just have to see what happens, not we? All right. Uh, Thanks, guys. All right, there
0: is Joe Ingalls now for the update on Donovan Mitchell, his plans to play Sunday. We will hear from Donovan next. Stay with us.
6: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tonight, the Jazz will watch and see if they get the Warriors or the Grizzlies. Those two teams meet in San Francisco. Losers out. Winner gets on a plane for Utah and plays the Jazz Sunday night. Will Donovan Mitchell go? That's a question he was asked as he hopped on the Zoom call with the media. Here's Donovan with the media. Hey, Donovan. Uh, how was um, how was practice today? Uh, how did you feel? Um, More importantly, where's your wind at and uh, how does the ankle feel for you?
10: Um, Practice was good. You know, I got out there, competed. Um, It's definitely, you could tell it's been the first time in, what has it been, four or five weeks. But, you know, that's to be expected. You know, just trying to find ways to get back in in the groove, get back in, you know, full shape. You know, uh, I feel like I'm getting there Um, and, you know, things are progressing well um can't complain and you know the guys we all look we all look good and determined and ready to go so um can't complain
1: all right next up Eric Walden Salt Lake Tribune
4: hey Don can you kind of take us through the recovery process kind of you know when you first started feeling like you were on a path to maybe getting back to returning to action again
10: um yeah it uh definitely was uh a tough process, uh, just for, for me, I haven't been out this long since my 10th grade year in high school. Um, so it's definitely you, you, you kind of, you know, it's a a mental game as much as a physical one too. Um, you know, and I would say, you know, things started progressing well, to be honest with you, I've, I've lost track of days. (laughs) Um, and honestly, I barely know what today is. Uh, but I feel like, you know, kind of been progressing well for like the past two weeks, I want to say, uh, I mean, you're going to quote me on that, but I could be wrong. Um, but um, I feel like that's, you know, things started to go in the right way and projecting well. And, you know, I, as a whole, you know, I think just just continuing to take my time and continue to go about the right way, I think, is the biggest thing. Uh, it wasn't some an injury wasn't something to play with. Um, wasn't as minor as it was, you know, made out to be. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But, you know, I definitely had some, some hurdles of climbing. we think we did a good job and just continuing to progress.
1: Right, Sarah Todd Deseret News. Donovan, are are you expecting that you'll be ready to go for Game One?
10: That's the goal. Um, barring any setbacks, God, God forbid, knock on wood, but uh, that's the goal, um, and just trying to go out there and just be there for my teammates and try and help to to go out there and, and win the championship. You know, I think that's the goal. It's been the goal all year, and you know, but you know, God forbid anything happens. I think that's the goal for me. That's the goal for everybody here, and to be ready for game one.
1: Ryan Miller, KSL.
10: Donovan, you mentioned that you haven't been
1: out for a while since, what, your 10th grade year. Um, what did you learn kind of just having to sit out and watch?
10: Um, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, I think being able to see where, you know, obviously we saw Boyan, you know, step up huge for me and Mike were out. Um, George was a, was a big piece. Trent, you know, and being able to kind of sit on the sidelines and, and kind of coach in a sense allows you to also teach yourself you know because you're kind of staying engaged staying in the flow um, and I think we saw a lot of, of guys stepping up you know similar to the bubble you know when guys kind of stepped up into into different roles you saw the same thing um, you know when myself and Mike were out uh, I think that'll hopefully carry over into the playoffs I think it will guys stepping up into their roles expect having to Uh, much more confidence, you know, in certain areas, in different areas of every person's game. Um, And I think, you know, we're a team that can compete with anybody, if not be anybody in the league, and we're going to go out there and try and prove that every night uh, and just play the way we've been playing, you know. And my goal is to come back and just continue to to go out there and do what I do and do what we do as a team.
1: Uh, Ben Anderson, Castle Sports. Did you notice anything differently about the ankle today? What's it like to get back out on it?
10: Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely sore, you know, when you haven't played – in what five weeks, um, for sure. But you know, thankfully, no pain. You know, so that's that's the that's the good part. But for me, it's just trying to stack these days on top of each other because it's not like you just play once and then take four days off and then play again. You know, these gonna these games are gonna start coming uh, quickly. So gotta be ready for that. The intensity is gonna pick up. You know, it's not gonna be a practice. It's gonna be, you know, game one of the playoffs. So being ready for that, and you know, I think that's really it for me. Just understanding how I'm gonna out there integrate myself uh back into the back into the lineup and you know just go out there and just try and do everything i can dana green
7: abc4
3: been kind of following up on ryan's uh question do you think the team made some progression without you and mike but if you were out a little bit longer i mean they went 10 and 6 that's pretty good against some some good competition yeah. there do you think the team did progress without you out there
10: yeah for sure i think we saw things one on the positive side, I think we saw a lot of things that we're, we are, we're really good at, you know, what we can really – how we can beat teams, how we can go out there and play the way we play. And then as far as things where we have weaknesses in, we saw that as well. And I think guys have worked their tails off to 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 fix those weaknesses like quickly, you know, and you saw it throughout the process. You know, we had two tough losses in Minnesota, then we turned around and have a great game against – uh well, was a, week, a few weeks later, but Denver, you know, was a huge win uh, that stands out. Like for me, it's like okay, we're correcting things on the fly. We're doing things because that's all the playoffs are going to be—is being able to make adjustments, good and bad, uh, throughout the entire playoffs. I think every we everybody held it down, you know, doing doing their jobs and and their and their levels rose uh, tremendously. Um, and I think we found something in Trent Forrest um, that is that is huge as well. And I want to give him his, his props too. He just looks so composed and you know steady, you know, throughout the entire time and. You know, I think that's something that we've, we've found and just going to continue to go out there as a team and as a group to go out there and just try to adjust because that's all that's going to happen for the next, hopefully, two or three months is just adjustments and, and going from there.
1: Uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. A
10: couple quick ones. Just uh, for game one, are you expecting to be at
0: 100%? You know, again, barring any setbacks and, and, you know, playing your usual allotment of minutes?
10: Um, Honestly, I haven't had that conversation as far as allotment of minutes. Um. Okay. I would like to think so. I don't know. Um, and either way, it's what's best interest, not just for the team, but for myself, because I want to go out there and, you know, go out there full bore and then hurt it again. You know what I mean? By the end of the day, it is the playoffs and you got to go out there and you got to compete and got to be ready. And I think my teammates understand that. My coaches understand that. I understand that. Uh, but just going out there and just doing doing what I can. You know, I think the biggest thing is trying to see how I respond after practice today, next practice. And then when you get to game one, it's, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, go time. Um, so I wouldn't, I haven't had that conversation to give you say, yeah, I'm ready to play 48. I mean, I feel like I'm ready to play 48, but at the end of the day, you got to be smart as well, uh, because you can go out there and, and, re-injure it as well. We saw that happen with, um, a few guys can go out there and, and re-injure yourself and you don't want that either. Cause then you're out for an extended period of time as well.
0: And, and then I wanted to ask kind of about the original incident that, that caused the ankle sprain. Was that something that you, I mean, how did you see that unfold? And was that something that you were frustrated by?
10: And to be honest, that feel like a long time ago. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, Mike, you know, he, he, he came to me um, and, and, you know, he expressed uh, that he didn't feel, that he didn't want to, uh, he didn't mean to do that, you know, as far as whether it's intentional. I can't speak on that. I don't, I'm not him. I don't know. Um, I'm not frustrated. And I think everything happens, you know, in life for a reason. I'm one of those people. You know, I think this allowed me to grow in certain instances, allowed me to learn, allowed guys on our team to grow as well. You know, if we want to be who we want to be guys like Boyan stepped up, you know, huge time, huge, you know, come playoff time. He's going to be a guy we kind of keep riding the wave. And, and George has been huge, like guys, confidence levels rose, you know, with my absence as well, which I think is huge. You know, we, like I said, so I think for me, it's just like, look, it happened. You can control what you can control. Uh All I can control is how I get back, how I get back in shape and how I go out there and, and be the best player that I can be for my teammates Um, and go from there.
1: Uh, We have a question from Bowler.
6: Hey, thanks. Hey, Don. How are you? Hey, Bowler. Hey, buddy. I was just curious, if you can, for us, uh, reflect a bit from the days of OKC to the bubble to the plane trip to Memphis to your injury and a 52-win season. Um, I guess while you were injured, you had time to kind of think about all those things that have
4: made this team who they are.
10: Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've come a long way. I think, you know, the thing that reminds me, um, the thing that kind of hits home for me is the 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 locker room after the loss of game seven, the bus, getting on the bus, you know, and I told everybody, I said, remember this feeling. Um, remember, you know, everything, you know, remember how you feel. And then when you get tired, understand that we were tired in game seven, understand that you need if you had five reps, we need seven. If you're at seven, we need ten. You know, understanding that that's going to be the next level mentality. And we got to go out there and do it all over again uh, for these playoffs. Understanding that every, every little thing we do in the offseason, you know, is coming to fruition right now. Um, I think that's that's something that we've all, we've all understood. You know, we've come a long way as a group. And I'm, I'm really proud of how we've continued to compete. You know, we've been through a bunch of different things. Um, the playing being, you know, one of the most recent ones. Um, but, you know, like we've been to a bunch of this group, and I think it's brought us closer together as a group, um, and you got to go out there and compete. You know, nothing's going to be given to us. At the end of the day, we have the X on our backs. Um, teams are going to come out hungry for us. No one really expects us to do much, and I think that kind of feeds our fire, and we just got to go out there and, and just go out and do what we do and try
4: to become champions.
1: All right, we have one last question. It's a follow-up from Eric Walden.
4: Hey, Don, I wanted to ask you one uh, non-basketball question, if I could. Uh, We're coming up on a year since George Floyd was killed. And um, given that you became kind of one of the most vocal young voices in the NBA about, you know, social and racial justice issues, just wondering if you could maybe kind of, you know, reflect on what we've seen over the past year, if you feel like any progress has been made, Um, you know, this this week we've seen the Utah legislature (sighs) – decide that they want to ban, you know, teaching critical race theory in schools, just would love to get your thoughts on, on kind of where we're at a a year later. That happened. I didn't see that. So
10: I didn't know that. Um, That last thing you said, I didn't know that. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, obviously the death of George Floyd really was a catalyst to, to so many different things. Um, And then from you fast forward to the bubble, um, we, I think we did it. I think we got a lot done in the bubble. You know, there's definitely, we can go uh, all over the spectrum of what we can get accomplished. But I think we we did a lot as far as the NBA, WNBA, MLB. I think a lot of leagues came together and people came together. I think we've done a great job of you un- kind of uniting in a sense, you know, and creating those uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. Those conversations in general that just need to be had. Uh, I think that's that was, the, that was definitely a catalyst. And I think the best part that I'm, happy about is that it's still the foot, the, the the foot is still on the gas as far as continuing to have those conversations. It hasn't died down, you know, like it has in years prior. Um, I think that's something that I feel like we can continue to to improve on. Um, you know, the shirt I wore, the call your senators shirt for the George Floyd, uh, bill, I feel like those are things that we can continue to keep on the forefront of everyone's brain. Um, there's definitely a long, long way to go, um, uh, as a, as a country, um, but I feel like for us, we've we've taken steps, you know, and it may not happen next year. It's it's not going to happen the year after that. But just continuing to find ways to build upon, so we can create a great uh, future for our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids' kids, and all the way down the line. I think that's something that I'm I'm blessed to be able to say I was a part of, and continuing to fight for what's right. Um, I think my teammates are, my coaches are, this organization's. You saw what we did. We uh, gave 55 scholarships to to kids going to college. Like that, that means the world. To myself to us like that that to me is part of change you know and i think for us just finding ways to do it in any way we can any way you can try and unite people um i think is is the biggest goal um and as far as the the, the bill i didn't even know that was a a thing I, can you elaborate on that i didn't know what that was
4: so from what i understand and and don't consider me an expert by any means but um the, the state legislature held a special session to kind of discuss putting into writing, you know, not allowing uh, teachers or schools to teach critical race theory, which is kind of, I guess, part of the problem is none of them can agree on on, on what it means, what's involved in it. But um, yeah, that's, it, uh, well, that's it's, unfortunate. It's not a lot. It's not a law. It's a resolution, but it was just kind of interesting to me.
10: That's uh, unfortunate that that's a conversation that's had. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, the part that I really stand for is education and being able to educate our children on racial history, I think it's huge. Um, I think that's a big part of it, understanding the foundation of where how we got to this point. Uh, So when, you know, I tell a child that, you know, people were enslaved for 100 years, them understanding what that means, I think is huge. Understanding that there's definitely discrimination in this country, there's prejudice, there's racism, but, you know, I'm not them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to do what I do. We're all going to continue to do what we do. And I'm assuming you guys do it as well. Understanding that, you know, we can try and educate as much as we can to choose to not listen and that's on them. But I'm going to continue to do what I do is be a voice. I know my teammates are. I know guys around the league are. And I feel like we can control we can control in that instance and just trying to find ways to be the, the best group of human beings for, for, our, for our future and for our children as we can.
0: All right, there is Donovan Mitchell. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.
1: Westbrook, coming out for it, right now, extra gear, bank and score, bank and score, Russell Westbrook, they're getting up here in Capital One Arena, as the Wizards have their biggest lead of the night.
7: Hachimura now left of the lane, back up from Bradley Beal, catch and
1: shoot for three, it's there!
6: The league wants
10: this. They need this. You know, a New York, it's a big market for the league. And uh, New York has been out of the playoffs for a number of years. You know, this is the team that our league, you know, they want to see. There's a huge fan base. They want to see New York in the playoffs. You know, they want to see the Lakers in the playoffs. Teams like that, they want to see these teams. And I put New York in that category. The league wants to see it. Everybody wants to see this, even to the fact that, you know, our game was moving to Sunday. They
0: want to see this. I think they want to see it. That's Nate McMillan. He got fined twenty-five grand for that. Well, that's because they're playing each other. Yep. If, if the Atlanta would have been playing anybody else, they wouldn't have got fined for it. Probably wouldn't have said it. Right. Because somewhere, Phil Jackson is nodding going, I see what you're doing, Nate. That's it. Throw the gauntlet down for the refs right away. Have everybody checking. Have everybody staring. Twenty five grand, small price to pay.
3: Trey Young out there, watch for him. Well, Trey Young averages like eight free throws a game
0: for a little dude. Yeah, that's a
3: lot. He does average quite a bit.
0: Uh, so uh, he wants to make sure that Trey gets his eight free throws, and the Knicks aren't in the bonus three minutes into the quarter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, for me, you don't think he was trying to say, "Hey, watch out! The refs are going to cheat." It's very uh, carefully, sure. uh, in in a
3: sense. But what he said on the surface, on the we've surface. heard a million times over. Right. I personally don't care who's in, who's out. To me,
0: Right, but there's it. a lot of casual fans in New York too, and there's so many people in so, the tri-state area, it's going to move the needle. I get it. So I, I understand what he's saying, and I understand and from the was, league perspective, he, I understand that too. He was very careful to make it sound generic, but... I think everybody read between the lines what they wanted to read between the lines because he never said the refs are going to cheat us.
3: No, never even came close. No. In in that context, I didn't hear the whole thing. Right. But, I mean, he's right. They move it to Sunday. Yeah. The Knicks aren't going to play Saturday. I was talking to my sister yesterday uh, about this, and she gives her birthday. She, She was actually over in Del Mar. But uh, she, nice. she was uh, talking to me about it. I said, well, yeah, that, that prime window is 3.30 Sunday because they were deciding when to drive home uh, because they want to listen to sports. So she was telling me, yeah, we're going to listen to Diamondback game. But uh, wouldn't you know it, on Saturday, they play at 12.30 in the afternoon. So now we're going to go wait till Sunday. So uh, And they got to be out of their place by 10, blah, 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 blah. So right. she's trying to figure out uh, when she gets less. Well, I said, you'll get... Uh, 1230 you can listen to the Suns game because so,
0: they get that that's the Laker window it's basically the Laker window if the Lakers are playing that's where they're going Sunday afternoon on ABC because it's entertainment I mean I have a full grasp of this it's entertainment and LeBron is the most entertaining and the Lakers have a gazillion fans and after people watch who they love the next thing you do is you watch who you hate and you root against them so never underestimate that part of the Lakers' allure and part of LeBron's allure is also the people rooting against him. Right. Same thing for the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't won anything in forever, but people still like to root well, against Well, it's the same it. thing with me.
3: Every Saturday night, I watch Channel 5, then I flick over to Channel 2.
0: I see what you did there. <laughs> you watch who you love, then you, you watch, watch who, who you hate. hate. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I followed along. I know you did. Before that, we had the Wizards and their announcer running out of air as the Wizards beat the Pacers 142-115. Clinch the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're gonna face the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round, and I think they're gonna get smoked, but you know, they're in. And if you're the Wizards owner, sweet. This is three more home games after the seventy two were done. So chance to recoup some of that money. Is it still A Poland? I don't think it is. He sell Here's something not, to look up. I'm not positive now, but I don't.
3: I don't care. Oh, you don't? No, no. I just like to send you on these goose chases. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Snipe on <laughs> Ted Leonesis. You're you're so
3: gullible on that stuff and easy to to lead astray. And he's off.
0: No, actually, I couldn't care less. Grizzlies and Warriors tonight. Eight seed in the West. So this has all gone according to form. The higher seed, the better team, given home court advantage, has won the game. Home teams are five and zero. See if the Warriors go six yeah, and zero, and really, all of this meant nothing. Well, but it's like a one game basis. Yep. Maybe in a
3: series, you might see that. Is Steph Curry a point guard? Yes. Right <laughs> with a question mark? Is he? <laughs> yeah. Is he? Yes or no? You're Mr. Basketball, Savant. You played the game. You've coached the game. You live the game. With basketball. These You've days. died the game. I know, but that's why I asked. Yeah, I think most people count him as a point guard. Uh oh. What? What does that mean for John Boy? Mm. That means one spot lower on the list. Uh-oh. Did you just hear that? You and Carland, your hero, the award-winning David James Snickledorf III, just put Steph Curry ahead of John Boy Stockton. Uh-oh. Or does he shoot too much, so he's not pure? Let me ask Bowler. Uh-oh. Yes, he's not pure. Uh-oh. He's not pure. Mm, you just upset a lot of people. Way to kick off their
0: weekend. It happens. What are you going to do? Donovan Mitchell practiced fully yesterday. You just heard from Donovan in the previous segment. We played his Zoom interview there. Said it was more uh, a more serious injury than the Jazz led on, and he made it sound like there was kind of setback. He said it's been pro- pro- progressing well for a couple weeks, so. I guess something didn't progress well before that, but he also said he lost track of time. So well, it didn't matter. You know, he, says is he gonna he's going to be on is track he gonna to play, play Sunday. That's right. all that matters. He says he is, so I'm taking him at his word. Quinn tried to hedge a little bit. We'll See how he feels, you know, tomorrow when he wakes up after a day of practice. See if it swells up or it's sore or whatever. No, he's playing. I would think so. Sunday night, 7:30. Game one. Quinn Snyder, by the way, is a finalist for the NBA Coach of the Year award. Rudy Gobert is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. And Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson are finalists for Sixth Man of the Year. The MVP finalists, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, and the Joker, Nikola Jokic.
3: In this world in which we live, I don't understand why we just stop at Sixth Man. We need to be more inclusive. Seventh Man. Yes. Why don't we have a Seventh Man?
0: Don't know. Wasn't part of that meeting. DJ and PK
1: hashtag NFL. Oh, yeah, that's the plan. I mean, I, I don't have any plans on retiring. It's just, when when do I not want to go back to work? When I'm not excited about going back to work, that I'm cheating somebody. I'm cheating the Glazier family. I'm cheating my players. Right now, I can't wait to go to back to work. So, uh, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. But, no, I'm not tied to any players.
0: Bruce Arians says his future coaching isn't tied to any players. So, he's not walking out the door with Tom Brady. He's walking out the door when he feels like it. And he doesn't feel like it.
3: Well, they didn't have Tom Brady before he got the job, right? Right. That came after.
0: You were right. Yeah.
3: This is a great story, you know, because he didn't get to be a head coach until he was in his sixties, I think. And now he's pushing seventy. So and he's very charismatic and very quotable and his a great interview and all that. And he won a Super Bowl. Good for him. He's a grinder.
0: DJ and PK.
6: Hashtag Major League Baseball.
3: DeLise is ready. He delivers. Swing and a fly ball. Right center field. Hit deep. Back by the wall. It is gone. The Red Sox take the lead. J.D. Martinez with a shot over the right center field fence. The same spot where he homered last night. And just like that, the Red Sox lead it 8-7. to seven. Can you believe it? you're one Fly ball to right field.
0: Well hit. Albert Pujols has hit his first home
8: run as a Dodger. Well, we can help him man. We have a trash can up here. It's going to be a fastball.
0: Here's the 0-1 and it was down and in. You're trying to tell him. Highlights for the day in sports. You heard the Red Sox win. J.D. Martinez, a two-run homer, part of their three-run ninth. The Red Sox beat the Jays 8-7. Albert Pool Hole's first homer as a Dodger, 668 in his career. That was a two-run shot and a 3-2 Dodger win over the Diamondbacks. Well, he's already paying off, PK. He's driving in runs. Well, every time he gets a hit, it's going to be a big deal. Good for him. So, yeah, he had a two-run homer, and he's got four ribbies in three games? Yes. Giants, 19-4 to over the Reds. Sweep Nine. a four-game series. Brandon Crawford, have a friggin' day. <laughs> they have like six, seven ribbies. The Giants, just keep rolling. No expectations of them, but uh, tons of results. Crawford had six, I think. Six, That's yeah. Seven, yeah man. Six. Have a day. Have a, have a day. He's been a starter there for a long time. Shortstop. Nine in the third to blow that open. And then they just kept piling on. The Rays 10-1 to 1 over the Orioles didn't seem such a, such a big deal. Pedestrian, if you will. Exactly. Rays now seven-game win streak. And the big numbers continue in AAA. The Bees, beaten by the Las Vegas Aviators. Sixteen to eight. The play again tonight, eight o'clock. Steve Clocky with the call here on the Zone. They on the road? Yes, they are All in right. Las Vegas. Does he travel? I do not know the answer to that. I believe he is. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Pac-12 released financial performance figures from the. 2019-2020 academic year showing modest gains in revenue and distribution. Nearly $403 million was distributed to 12 schools. That's an average of 33.6 million per school. Increase from 387 to 403 million. Numbers include revenue generated from July 1, 2019, and June 30, 2020, which is notable because it does not factor in the losses. From the abbreviated 2020 football season played in empty stadiums, so expect that number to go down next year. Uh, correct. This year would have been missing, as Chris Hill told us when he was on at the time, a couple months of expenses with the spring sports. They don't they don't make that much money, but you got to you know fly the baseball and softball. Well, team, no so. uh, NCA tournament. That's true. No NCA tournament. And the transfer portal, quite busy. PK. Huge, just scooping
3: them up on the way to the top. If if they don't win the Rose Bowl this year, this is a massive choke.
0: Washington linebacker Josh Calvert, Oklahoma wide receiver Theo Howard, who's also a former UCLA guy. He's on his third school.
3: And then uh, there's another guy. Uh, the day before, right? The kid from Oklahoma.
0: Washington also.
3: But there's another kid from Oklahoma. Not not Howard. They got another guy two days ago.
0: Yeah, from Washington. No. They're coming in so fast, no one can keep track. So this is about a half dozen former four-star guys? Brandon McKinney, former of Washington.
3: But I'm not talking about him.
0: talking about somebody else? Yeah. I missed another one, then.
3: Maybe I did. Yeah, the the Washington guys, they can provide some depth, and and Calvert has been hurt, hasn't he?
0: Correct. He's the older brother of Ethan Calvert, who just signed with Utah. Yeah.
3: I think Howard is in as a nice pickup. I mean it's basically the way I view it is a trade. Uh, Thompson who went to the Devils and bringing in uh, Howard. So it's, in my mind it's a wash.
0: No, Someone will make a few plays but won't dominate. And if you're going to dominate, yeah, if you're going to dominate, you probably wouldn't be in the transfer portal anyway, leaving Oklahoma if you're dominating in Oklahoma. Well, I don't know
3: the Oklahoma situation. You know, obviously with the Bruins there, they were a mess and all that stuff. So I don't, I sort of lost track of him when he was at Oklahoma. I don't follow them as much. But, you know, I knew he was a very good player for when he was in the Pac 12, that's for sure. And I would, if I'm Utah, I welcome him with open arms because they need some help there, as Kyle has said several times. And he should be able to help them. I don't know they'll put up the numbers because I don't know that any receiver does, but they tell us with Brewer they're going to throw the ball more, blah, 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 blah. We'll see. But, as much as I can say, we'll see. Uh, that's really all I could do because you know we've heard about it, but it doesn't seem to ever materialize. But maybe this is the time. at some point, they're going to have a thousand-yard receiver. It's never going to be not for the rest of their lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've seen your last Utah thousand-yard yeah. receiver. I'm 25 <laughs> and I plan to live for 60 years. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're done. And he, he's, the, the point is, he's capable of doing
3: it. If he gets the opportunity, if you don't get the ball thrown to you enough, obviously you're not going to,
0: but I like this pickup. And the 1,000 yards is a little arbitrary. It's just is the defense going to respect him, and how's that going to alter the game for everybody else? Is he going to make a, enough plays? Well, you still need to have a big-time guy. Yes.
3: And if you can help the other guys, great. But you still need a big-time guy. And they haven't had, even though I think Thompson had the talent. He looked at him and say, "Well, what are, he what are you the missing? Part.
0: Central casting, baby. Yeah. Send me a wide receiver." And Howard,
3: I think, is very, very similar. Having I didn't, I don't have a lot of experience with him at Oklahoma, but I did before when he was in Westwood. Absolutely, saw him play several times.
0: If they imported a passing game through the transfer portal, forget recruiting. And you know, I was thinking about this too with Kyle. Uh, going to be 62
3: and I don't think he's going to be one of these guys who's coaching like Bruce Arians at 68 69 Uh, seems like why not dip your toe into this or just your whole leg your whole body worry about the future later Uh, and you've got a really good opportunity to win this season so push all the cards in the middle and and then you, you go regroup and see what happens next year and all that stuff but yeah I like this pickup.
0: I think from the managing the, uh, and we'd have to have him on and get him to delve in the numbers, but I think from managing the whole uh, scholarship thing and everything, I think it's low risk adding these transfers. Normally, it's what you say about balancing, but because everybody got a, a bonus year, I think the number is like 70 guys in the two younger classes because nobody was progressing cuz they all got a free year so the freshmen and sophomores are still freshmen Kyle and sophomores Lowe. and you bring in another recruiting class you said Kyle what was it 2 weeks ago he said he had 130 exit interviews
4: and that's a huge number for a college football program
0: so bringing in a bunch of guys who are one and done isn't a big deal cuz that number is going to have to get back down to 85 anyway I
4: wonder
3: why he hasn't asked me how my day's
0: been I've been busy <laughs> It's been very busy and real busy DJ and PK Hashtag RSL. RSL and FC Dallas playing in Texas Saturday night. Teams off to similar starts here. RSL with seven points through four matches. Dallas with five through eight. It's a place RSL has traditionally struggled, but this seems like a pretty good opportunity. You're not down there in on a 105 degree day in August. So a May trip. Take it. See if they can get the attack going again. One goal in the last two games on a, a bit of individual brilliance, not creating many good chances last week. So the question is to get that rolling. And then the other thing is that uh, the sale, is it progressing? Orlando and Houston have both sold now, so the RSL sale would seem to be up next. They got to go in order? Uh, apparently, it might have been a little stacking in order based on sale price and, keeping 400, the expectation, million, 400, million and- $400 million. $400 for Houston. They don't own the stadium. They don't have an academy and a training ground. you are getting two teams, though. They don't have a uh, big season ticket base. We do? Way bigger than them. Probably So then there'll be more double. than 400 Is that at what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Way more than 400 Thank you. No, 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 no. Mi- the sale oh, price. Oh, the sa- I thought you meant four hundred season. No, 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 sarcastic. no. No, I would think that's. I thought four hundred was high for Houston. I don't know what to tell you. That's what I'm price. saying. Yeah, the four hundred confused. The Fort Dunny on, uh, on Talking Real last night said he was just blown away by the four. He was gobstopped, flabbergasted by the four hundred million and price. Obviously, for Houston. you were. Yes, and so, so I didn't think this, the RSL this price club was- be more. You would think, with all the real estate involved, yes. it's got to be more than Houston. But I didn't think RSL was going to get to four hundred million, and Houston did. So, but yeah, maybe you, there's. You don't realize the cost of lumber these days. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> wait Fresh is the headlines. You're scrolling through Twitter like ooh, mm, lumber's up, huh? I keep going, scrolling, scrolling. I've been scrolling. hearing it for weeks. <laughs> yeah, trust me. My so brother works in construction. Shouldn't they be more then? Yes, but I don't think they should be over four hundred million. That's the conundrum. Yes, there should be more because there's a stadium and there's uh, uh, the academy. I understand all the properties
3: and all that and the fan base and blah, 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 blah.
0: It seems like too much for how much money they make. The, the, The thing that holds Major League Soccer back is they do really well at the gate. They do well in the sponsorship thing. They don't do nearly as well as the other leagues on TV revenue. And so it holds the prices down. They don't have the big local deals at But yet they basketball. still got $400 million. I know. And so it may come down to, well, you got 10 billionaires who all want a team and want in. They want that kind of shiny toy, and they're willing to overpay for it because they're sitting on $5 billion. Well, then you get to be dollars. somebody. Somebody right, quotes exactly. you. And maybe that's what's driving this, is the guy who paid $400 million in Houston knew there was some other hedge fund gazillionaire who was willing to pay 370 So he paid 400 to get it. That may be what's driving it. That's like the one thing... Even though it doesn't make sense, it kind of makes sense. So who's it going to be? Demand. Or who are the contenders? Well, I think somebody out of out of state. Who? I don't know. I mean, okay. these random hedge fund. I don't know, you know. Dunny has said there are three or four all along, and one of them he said was foreign. He didn't tell me who it was. Somebody like over from Colorado or something? No. Oh. From outside the United States of America. Well, we don't want them. The way the Red Bull company America bought, first. bought New York. Ryan Smith who owns the Jazz has been mentioned but that seems to have cooled off and I heard a thing floated that one of his minority partners might want it but then I heard Dwayne that Wade? cooled off. I don't think so. No. What are the other partners? <laughs> but I heard that cooled off but Well he's you know a minority what? partner. I get your point Andy, but I don't think that's the <laughs> <And blood>. multiple <laughs> senses? That's not. Senses? This is going to cost dollars. Millions. Apparently millions? hundreds. 410? Hundreds So we'll see. About 10 days ago, Dunny said, don't be surprised if something happens in 45 to 60 days. I can't do the math on that, but it seems like he's thinking something in July. I don't know. I won't be surprised then. Okay, Okay, there you go.
3: One of the things I hate when
0: it comes to the sale of RSL is I don't want to be surprised. Now you sound like the Wizards announcer. DJ and PK. (laughs) Golf. Changing by the minute, PK. We can report on, to you on the people who had glorious first rounds, but the second right. round is started, and we got a slew of bogeys changing everything. Well, Corey Connors, who took the world by storm, going five
3: under the Canadian, is already plus four through six. Oops! String of bogeys there. <laughs> Backing up big time. Man, I thought maybe... By You know, at least last a lunchtime on Friday. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Woke up, oh my gosh, I'm in the lead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a major. Uh, So in the last break when I was checking this, there were eight guys at three under, but now there's six at three under. So everything's changing. And your guy, Victor Hoblin, right in the middle of it. Yeah. but Your third round draft pick.
3: I think five of them haven't teed off yet. Right. So they're not going to go anywhere until they get out there.
0: That's true story right there. So it's a little misleading. Brandon Grace, who was 2-under, has a birdie today and has joined the group at 3-under. So Yeah, and Phil's out there right now. Phil's man. at 2-under, yes. Way to go, man. Yeah. Phil, that would be he, awesome. He was 2-under through the first round. He's teed off, and he is even today. John Rom, who shot a 72 to open things. That's my first-round <laughs> pick there. He got 2-under. It's he got only a matter birdies. of time
3: for Rom. He's got to get it done. Whether this tournament, next tournament, next year, he's going to get it done. He's just too good.
0: Brooks Koepka, who we all thought was too injured, shot an opening round 69. Well, he's pucks Brooks. <laughs> he only comes out uh, For majors. four times a year. That's right. <laughs> it's just a memorial. Why should I get fired <laughs> up? You know, a, a player's championship. Why do I need uh, to bring it? I'm going to take that now. pucks Brooks. I love it. <laughs>
3: you just see him four times a year, really. Flexes his muscles, literally.
0: Uh, what about Keegan Bradley? There's a name. He's been a name on tour for a while. You got any hope for him? He's at 3-under, waiting to tee off later this morning. He reminds me of Matt Kuchar. One of these guys,
3: like Tony Round right, to this point, has made a really good living playing golf. Who right. wouldn't want to do that?
0: But And your top 20, top 10 finish is and great. And can
3: probably walk down the street anywhere. And be anonymous. Tony might be a little different because of a Polynesian, and they don't have that. I don't know if you have any besides him. Probably somebody that I'm missing in the... Uh, the pro ranks, so he gets interviewed a lot, uh, but uh, they really don't have a lot of wins, but they've had great times playing golf, so uh, if
0: you're in the mix, sure. He shouldn't be rattled, an older veteran basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defending champ, Colin Morikawa, shot a 70 as well, so he's right there in the mix. you got six guys at three under, and then you got eight more guys at two under, so there's a pack. Atop the leaderboard. 14 golfers yeah. separated by one stroke right now. I mean, we're like in the middle of the beginning of the second quarter, though. It's a long, long way to go. Yep. And when the wind starts blowing, crazy stuff happens. Bogies, double bogies, it can change fast. All right, that's What's Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins us at 8.30 this morning. Pace Mannion, former Ute, former Jazz player. His son now on the Warriors. Pace is going to join us at 9 o'clock. And a PGA Championship update with Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, updating the second quarter of the PGA Championship, the second round. He's coming up at 9.30. Stay with us.
6: Bob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produced three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earned the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over, and now the number one-seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home. Of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Hot takes your toes, brought to you by Jerry signer Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry signer Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Not at all. No. Question of the day Donovan Mitchell said he's progressing well and is planning on playing Sunday. What could possibly stop them now? Nothing. Nothing. That's it. Thanks for playing. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with question of the day, part two. Good night, everybody. They've got all they need
3: to win an NBA title. They're going to, but they've got what they need. You don't get to this point on any fluke. And I don't care how many injuries. Everybody every, else said yeah, Doesn't matter. There's injuries in the
0: NBA every year.
3: Yeah, you, you're, your star offensive player missed close to 20 games this year. right? Because he'd missed uh, two and then the one with the Memphis thing. And then what did he miss? 16, 17 uh, this time around here. So you start getting up to 20 on a 72-game season. That's a decent amount of games that you missed. And then two, it's exasperated because Conley's not uh, Cal Ripken over here. And so... He's gonna miss some. Now you got your starting backcourt. I think it would be different, like if it would be Royce or somebody to offset. And but then it's you, two guys who do the same thing. They yeah, and all you up. have to. And Joe talking about I've heard him on several interviews about him getting picked up at full court. So uh, he had to slide over to play a position that you know he hadn't played a ton in terms of being basically the only guy on the roster. I mean, I love Trent Forrest as much as the next guy. Donovan was talking about yesterday, uh, uh, Trent just coming in and you know looking like he belonged. That you know, one for nine against uh, Portland didn't look like it, but but you know I get his point. Pumping up his teammates, we, we don't want to bring that up. Or if anybody's going to bring it up, I guess it's going to be that
0: a kid. There you go. <laughs> but I love him just as much as you do. Uh, so Donovan missed 19 games. Yeah. Conley missed 21. Yeah, that would be a quarter of. That's almost uh, 40 games. Yeah, Joe started 30. That's half the season. I'm not going to mess with you on the (laughs) math. You can send me off on wild goose chases to look up random facts like who owns the Wizards, but I'm not going to correct all your math.
3: Yeah, but you're still biting.
0: To a degree, yeah. Yeah, To a degree. You're getting what you want. Attention. (laughs) Don't ignore me.
3: Uh, (laughs) So, I think right now they have the ingredients. I don't know that they'll do it, but I really believe they have the ingredients. they got to go do it. So it's up to them to win 16 ball games. But I really believe they have what it takes. I feel strongly about that. As long as they got these guys healthy, and Mitchell, you know, he's very, very important, obviously. This is not breaking news by any stretch. And if he's a go, that's great news. And I think they got what it takes. And I know there's. Hundreds of thousands of Jazz fans thinking, like, it's
0: just too good to be true. Oh, yeah, they're already tweeting at us. I understand that. You put the question up on Facebook at night. I usually put it up on Twitter in the morning. Donovan Mitchell said he's progressing well and is planning on playing Sunday. What could possibly stop them now? Put that up at... uh... 7.32 and three minutes later Scooter McGavin at Grouch Potato 20. Don't say things like this David. That's like when things are great in my life and I'm like it's all looking up. That's usually the day that my work goes out of business. I get a flat tire my cat barfs on my jersey and a toothache sets in.
3: Yeah but there's no such thing as that jinx in this. So I get it. Like uh, you know with the COVID thing. Uh, I I said to myself, well, man, I I have pretty good health. I mean, I get sick, like a bad case of the flu, like every four or five years. And then I thought, don't say that. Don't don't even think that. You know, you don't want to jinx yourself. And so far, it's been okay. I haven't gotten it. Uh, And uh, so I get that. But I don't think this applies in this instance. I don't think there's any any such thing as some blowhard like me saying they've got all the ingredients as a jinx. It's it's actually through literally watching them play and watching a ton. I I mean I watch no shows now. Nothing. I know the sports every night. People say, "Oh, you with this thing, uh, Yellowstone that's out there or this thing on Netflix, I haven't seen this Yellowstone. and that." I know. I mean, I'm aware of these things because I want to be aware of what's going on, but the fact is Will you is, binge
0: watch them in the summer? No. When cuz then you're you're watching baseball every night.
3: Or I'm outside yakking yeah. it up with the neighbors and blah blah blah. Or doing coming off the golf course.
0: Or I'm with you. I haven't seen a lot of stuff. And last summer I did. I did binge I mean, watch that was a couple a different shows. Different situation. It, w- it was. I don't think I'll get through two shows right. this summer like I did last summer. So no, I, I, I don't. And so I watch a ton of sports and a ton of NBA basketball. Well, it's a what we like and be what we do. So there you go. My wife was stunned on Monday night. She says, "What are you watching tonight?" I said, "There's no games tonight." What? No games. NBA shut her down. Oh, I can only imagine what you guys did. Nothing.
3: What are you gonna lead me into that, dog? What do you expect? <laughs> he looks at me and he's got a big grin. You can't see in Radioland.
4: Let me open the door here and don't expect you to walk
3: through it, Come on. okay? Yeah, oh, I looked at honey. No sports tonight, sweetie. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. I wonder why I saw smoke coming out of the James chimney. No. <laughs> and it wasn't because of a new pope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you're really going to get in trouble. Be careful. It'd be best if we let Travis talk for a while while PK laughs at his own jokes. i at you again.
1: <laughs> Travis, good morning. Hey how's it going guys good
3: Travis are you rich?
1: <laughs> no, but you know what I was I was stressed out there for a little bit and you know I don't it's not like I got a lot of money I was we re- really hurting there for a little bit I had to almost resort to belly dance and trolls in or something just some fair change <laughs> no, but dude. I, maybe uh, a paper out <laughs> yeah anything you know I was when I was nervous I thought donovan Mitchell' was only going to be out for a few games and and but after that press conference yesterday, man, yeah, I, he, he's ready. I, I, I really too. like that. I, yeah, it's I like huge.
0: It. It's great news, Travis. Remind the people who didn't hear your previous call uh, what you've done, how much faith you have in the Jazz.
1: Well, I uh, I went and put some uh, some cannolis on them down in down the old Windover, and I put a thousand dollars that the Jazz are going to win the championship, and. Uh, uh, you know, didn't eat for a week, but uh, I'm hoping it's going to pay off. Yeah. I really, I, I, I just, I, I was, I was uh, really excited about that that uh, conference yesterday. Donovan Mitchell said the right things, and and I, I think he's ready. I think he's going to use it, like you said, to grow, to get stronger. To, I, you know, he's a smart kid. He's going to do well. I think.
3: All right, man. I agree. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he's as intelligent as can be. We all agree on that. He presents himself so well, and it looks like he could have got a doctorate if that's what he wants. His basketball playing ability is awesome, and if he's healthy, that is a huge, huge plus. As Ann tweets at us, best news I've heard all week. Thanks for the call, Travis. Yeah. All right, who matches Travis's faith? We're a faith-based community, brothers and sisters. Who has the faith of Travis. Travis took a mustard seed and made it into a thousand bucks, hiked out, inflated gas prices to get out the windover,
0: but he's still done it because he believes. You may have taken a hand cart, just to continue your analogy. That's not until the summer. It was me and the old lady two minutes ago. Now it's hand carts and a mustard seeds. Mustard seed. seeds. Yep, there yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. Who turn has it on, the faith of Travis? Turn it on a dime. Way to pivot. Who has the faith of Travis? Not very many people. Why not? Very few. Why? Because he went out to win over and put a grand on him. Okay, and you're you do the have king to literally of, do that. And you're the king of, if you don't have money on a prediction, don't tell me about it. I didn't say who's going
3: to win money. I said who has the faith. Who has the faith of a Travis? You David to does gamble.
0: not. He says, uh, you know, what could stop them now? He says, the NBA refs, question mark, LeBron Uh, and other superstars, antics and drama. The the
3: referees are not going to prevent the Jazz from winning a title. Get the crap over that. If if you think that, then don't watch the games. That cannot be any form of entertainment if you think it's rigged to a degree. Stop. Go do something
0: else. Go watch wrestling. At least Hmm. you know it's bogus. If that's what the NBA were doing in the last 40 years, the Knicks and Jazz wouldn't have the same number of trips to the finals and the same number of championships. If they're trying to rig it, but they're, you're they're not doing defend a that.
3: horrific job. I mean, people who are going to believe it, my, my, rather than. You tried. When someone says something that you disagree with, you try to convince them. I don't. I've given that up. Forget that.
0: I'm, a, it's not I'm only halfway work. there.
3: It's not going to work. All this stuff with the social stuff. and talk to you blue in the face, you ain't convincing anybody. They're going to do it if they think it's right. And, in fact, the more you push on it, the, the more, more they turn dig against. In.
0: They dig in.
3: Yeah. So you're not going to convince, oh, yeah, okay, I listened to DJ, and he told me the Knicks have as many finals appearance. Boom, I'll never complain about the refs again. That's a waste of time. It's not going to happen. So forget it. Get out. It's not anything to worry about. The Jazz have the ingredients necessary. I have the faith that they can do it. Will they do it? Well, that's where my faith lacks a little. But I have the faith that they can do it. I believe they have the talent. As I look around this league, and, man, I watch a lot.
0: I think they can do it. But you leave the door open for something to stop them because you didn't say, I know they're going to do it. No, I would, I, I would
3: never say that at this level. Like youth football. I think they have the talent to win the South. And then we'll see about what uh, transpires out of the North as we make our way toward December. I don't know that the Utes are going to. I'm not going to run out and bet. I'm not going to bet a cent. But I believe they have the talent to do it. It's up to them to do it. And in football, you have injuries and all that stuff. We'll see how that happens. But I believe the foundation of their program, with the talent they have and the coaching that they have, they should definitely contend in the South. Will they do it? I don't know, but I believe that they can. Same type of principle with the Jazz. They have the talent. They have the coaching. Can they do it? I
0: absolutely believe they can. All right, DJ and PK, keep hitting us up on Twitter, David DJ James. On Facebook, DJ and PK, grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic. Send us your audio. Yawk will play it. Question of the day, part two, the individual awards. The nominees are out. The Jazz are set up for a lot of hardware, and we will get to that next. Stay with us.
9: B-b-b-b-b- number one number
6: And the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. <laughs> the finalists are out, PK. Yeah. The awards are about to start flowing. Quinn Snyder's up for Coach of the Year. Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson for the Sixth Man of the Year. Who will win? They announced three finalists. So you got a one and three shot. Jazz obviously with two of the three finalists for Sixth Man. Right. Derek Rose with the Knicks. 25% chance. Not exactly. Close enough. And there's a few awards, believe it or not, that Jazz aren't involved with. MVP? No, yeah, no one in the uh, mix for MVP or most improved player. Pretty strong group there. Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., Julius Randle.
3: Two X Nuggets. And, one well, one current Nugget and one X Nugget.
9: I,
0: I,
3: if anybody on the Jazz, I would put me in that one. But he didn't have enough touches, opportunity. Probably Randle will get
0: it. Going with the New York default. Yeah. Team won a lot, so did Porter, but he's playing with a guy who I think is going to win the MVP award, probably who you think the is going to win The man, sure, yeah. yeah. I was listening to try to get a feel this morning,
3: uh, so I'm flicking around. I, with this satellite radio, I can get to like five different stations. So they're talking about the playoffs, and it's, oh, man, I really think the Knicks-Hawks is going to be the best first round Click. <laughs> 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 I go over the other one. Yeah, the Lakers are going to take the Suns, so... And Donovan said yesterday, you should get that cut, Yach, meant to tell you. He said, no one expects much from us. I and mean, that's, that's a paraphrase, but it's a clo- close enough quote. Uh, so how much do you believe that no one expects much from them? Uh, I expect a lot. But the point is that, you know, they don't have a lot of run. But I do think they're going to be represented. There's no question there's going to be. People, the people who vote. They're not just going to vote all Eastern Conference. I mean, because they're, it's like I have a wooden award vote. So you have to take it seriously. You just, something like that, you can't blow off, right? So you try to watch college ball during the season. You can't watch it all because you got, we've got to watch the Jazz. And then also, too, I've got to watch our college teams play. So I got all that stuff going on. But when it comes time to vote, you really have to make sure that you're doing research or you're basically you're insulting the award and I don't want to insult John Wooden. (laughs) So, so I make sure that, and usually not always, but usually the winner, I got it too. What do you mean? Well, whoever wins the Wooden award is the guy I picked. Now he's not going to, Win the war just because I picked them, but I'm saying if you take it seriously, there should be some form of consensus there, right? It shouldn't be some, you know, out of the blue person. Now the way the wooden thing is, they have a preseason, midseason, and then a postseason, so they narrow it down for you. But still, there's probably 15, 20 guys on the list that you can choose from. But usually, I end up my winner is the the one who actually wins it because it becomes obvious and. And here, I think the Jazz are going to be represented. You can't get
0: them shut out. You can't have the best record in the league and then get them shut out of everything. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think the sixth man, they got two of the three finalists, and it seemed like Clarkson was the clear leader for most of the season. Yeah. Uh, And Joe came on strong, but I wonder if Joe's going to be hurt by the fact he ended up starting 30 games.
3: No, because he was not a starter. I know. Because of well, when he voters, moved himself in, it was a right. starter because of injury. Yep. So I think they still view him as a six, as a sixth man candidate because of the injury situation. If you end if you end up replacing somebody as a starter, then you that's a different situation. He didn't replace anybody; he was a substitute because of injury, a replacement because of injury. So no, I don't I don't think it's going to be held against him. I think that we are aligned towards scoring, and Clarkson. Had a slump there, but then finished with a flurry.
0: Derek Rose, fifteen points a game. A nice Knicks.
3: story, but it was later in the season. When yep. did he get acquired?
0: Oh, two thirds of the way through. That late? Then so. no, I don't think he I don't should think get he's it. That late. No, not no, not that late. Yeah, I
4: didn't no, think maybe no. Late. I mean,
0: two thirds with the Knicks. Okay, got you. I was one say, third he, with that, he, he went in. He went yeah. pretty early. All right, that
3: that's a good enough. Uh, Time.
4: The, the one pitch for him is he's kind of reinvented his game. This is a former MVP who is now truly a bench guy. So, but I'm. It's got to be Clarkson.
3: I would be very comfortable with Ingles. And you got to go towards wins. See the the, the coach of the year as we've discussed, is which team overachieved. But I don't think the individual awards should be, well, I didn't expect that much out of Derrick Rose, and he did pretty good. No, I don't think that's the criteria. It's clear, Coach of the Year, the criteria is who overachieved the most. And in my
0: mind, it's Monty Williams. Finalists are Monty, Quinn Snyder, and Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks. I think think finishing second in the West is the biggest overachiever. Yes fourth isn't as high and it's the east you didn't have to beat out that many good teams to get there. Right. I mean they're they're putting in multiple
3: teams losing records on this uh expanded playoff thing that we know were well actually we're going to finish tonight. Uh so I would go monty there, but I and the individual awards not well I didn't see that person being this good. No, that that should have no factor into it. It should be is this person good enough to win this particular award.
0: And then there's Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons. Well, I I mean, I'm biased, but... We're all biased when we think Rudy. Yeah, and
3: Rudy... The number one stat that Rudy's ability... You can stat me to death on him, and there's a bunch of stuff that makes my eyes blurry, and I see three rep baskets when I look at that. (laughs) But the number one stat is wins. That's what I'm looking at. I don't need analytics, and I'm not discounting analytics. I just don't need them. I see with my own eyes. I see watching him play 72 times a year, guys coming down, and you can practically read them on, oh, there's bear. I'm not doing it. And we've seen it so many times. It happens multiple times a game where guys, they don't even attempt the shot. Forget about altering it. They don't even attempt it. And I don't know that you can stat that. I suppose you can. But I don't need the stat because I see it. I watch all the games. And t- to me, unless there's voter fatigue, but he didn't win it last year, right? It's been a year or two. How long has it been?
0: I think he won two and then he didn't win the 3 Pete. So this would be a third and four years. So they shouldn't have voter fatigue. And this season, I can argue very, very strongly, was
3: his best season. I don't, know, I don't think I even have to, even have to mention it. I think it's obvious. So he's got to win that. That would be the biggest travesty of all the awards. And there's always somebody... Bigger than Rose winning? Yes. Yes. Because the Knicks had a very good season. You have to give it to them. They had a very nice season, but yes. Well, so did the
0: Sixers. The Sixers had a nice season. But the Jazz had the best. I get get (laughs) that. But they had the best over here in the sixth man. I mean, the same thing applies. Not to this level. No. Not to this level. I don't, I don't think it does. Because Rudy's more responsible for the best record than the sixth man. Correct. Yes, I'll give you that.
3: And when he did not play, they literally were winless. How could you argue with that? <laughs> he missed one game. And they lost! They did.
0: In overtime. <laughs> and they,
3: they went right to the bucket to score. <laughs> they did. Which I think Quinn should have said, Rudy, just stay in uni. We'll put you on the active roster. <laughs> we need you for six one. Six seconds point. come in, man.
0: <laughs> and just it's gonna ruin all your stats. Your per game averages are gonna take a hit, but that's it. We'll win the game. Yeah. And it turned out they didn't need that win. They're the one seed. No, but it would have been super cool if Rudy just, <laughs> just and he had his street it. clothes
3: on, whatever he was wearing, and he rips them off and goes in. Like
0: their warm ups?
3: Yeah. They yeah, all yeah. just pop off. Yeah, yeah. Tear away clothing and he comes in. With a big smile on his face, and Vogel has to call another timeout. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to the hoop. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton. LaMelo Ball, right? Well, he missed so many games. That's the only
3: thing. If he didn't miss that many games, how many games did he miss?
4: But he did come
3: back. He they did thought, come they back. Thought they thought he was going to s- I still either. think he'll get it. I do but too. I'm saying the only th- knock would be he missed so many games. Oh, was man. it the wrist? a Yeah, he broke a bone in his
4: wrist. And now, Tyrese Halliburton missed the last part of the season because of a knee injury.
3: Right, so. and he plays with the Kings. They're barely in the league. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to have 30 teams you can stay in. Luke Walton with, like, a word. Well, it's the way it is, man. MVP, the Joker over Embiid and Curry.
3: Now, I'm totally biased on this one, but yeah. I mean, Curry, what a season. My goodness. The one thing they were talking about when I was listening this morning uh, that made sense, that would have been cool to see Curry play without Clay Thompson and Durant
0: longer. Because it's just this season, and wow, he's been so spectacular. Yeah, but i like to see him... Don't you want to see him be better and in the mix? I mean, Yeah, but they were just, they were it, just talking
3: you know, about... And I'm sure he would... They were just being hypothetical. It would have been cool. Now, obviously, the team wouldn't have been as good. But So they weren't really saying, oh, I really would wish we would have had that. No, they were right. just saying, what would it have been that Steph Curry that we saw this season when he was 28 and he had all that talent on him, we would have saw then. And he's a spectacular player. He's the, This is the most spectacular we've ever seen Steph Curry play, for obvious reasons. And so they're just bringing up that... It would have been sort of fun. Now, nobody would want that because your team wouldn't be as good. You wouldn't have won. And they were just making a point how spectacular individually he's been. And for the sake of winning, which is the most important thing, we didn't see that at that level. Yeah.
0: See, I'd rather see him with Clay and not with Durant. Durant made him too overwhelming, and he did have to do less. And let Durant be involved also, and it took all the competition out of it. But he and Clay, yeah. with two of them, they can both really shine, and they might win it all. Probably, and they yeah. also might not win it all. Well, so D- more Durant
3: was MVP both years, wouldn't he? Yeah, of the that finals? was just they, they were just yeah.
0: too stacked at that point. Yeah. They just and watching awesome.
3: Steph Curry play this season has been a fun. He's he's just incredible.
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up at 8.30, Pace Mannion, former Ute and Jazz player at 9 o'clock. And Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, the PGA Championship update at 9.30.
10: Stay with us. We've all understood, you know, we've come a long way as a group. And I'm I'm really proud of how we've continued to compete. You know, we've been through a bunch of different things. The plane being, you know, one of the most recent ones. But, you know, like we've been through a bunch of this group. and I think it's brought us closer together as a group. I mean, you got to go out there and compete. You know, nothing's going to be given to us. At the end of the day, we have the X on our backs. Teams are going to come out hungry for us. No one really expects us to do much. And I think that kind of feeds our fire. And we just got to go out there and and just go out do what we do and try to become champions.
0: DJ and PK brought to you apart part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. There's Donovan Mitchell. No one expects much of us. Are the Jazz going to be favored only in the first round series? I believe that to be true. I believe they're going to be favored in all four. Really? You do not. You're just saying that. In my heart I do. You're making it up.
3: (laughs) Okay. Favored I mean, if you just go by the Vegas odds, I guess that's a black and white thing.
0: Clippers in the second round. I'm I'm not
3: really worried about that. I'm I I believe a lot of folks who follow the league are expecting stuff out of this team. And if he wants to play, no one expects us to do much.
0: I'm all for it. If it works, yeah. <laughs> tell yourself. Didn't we learn that from Jordan? Tell yourself whatever you got to tell yourself. Whatever you need, whatever you think,
3: fine. I expect a lot out of them. And, and you can find enough people to pretty much uh, believe whatever you want to believe.
0: So you're going to find enough people who picking the Jazz to win it all? People who don't live within this state's boundaries? I don't think you're going to find that many of them. Charles Barkley got one. He's the biggest mouth of them all. <laughs> he is the biggest <laughs> mouth of them all. I give you that. So if I only What's got one, I want numbers, <laughs> You make up in volume. Yeah,
3: I, I know that as well as anybody. Uh, so, but that, what does that mean? If that it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything. anything. So, but, it doesn't but if mean you anything. can use it as a form, fine. The fact is that this team has what it takes. That's the most important thing. This team has matured together in a sense. Rudy and Joe from the original with Quinn Snyder and some of the – was Alex Jensen still on – was he on the first – Quinn Snyder's first stab, I think it was. Yeah. So they've been around for a while, and then you add pieces along the way, right? And Donovan Mitchell comes shortly thereafter. Uh, and and then and then, and then you add Conley, and, and the way you go, and, jo- and Jordan Clarkson – so this group has been together. This group, in my mind, has been together enough to make the leap. And, you know, you only have Conley and Bogdanovich here for less than two years. But these guys are veteran guys. So I like the fact they're weren't. They're not twenty not 23, 22 years old. They come along maybe a skosh beyond their prime, I'm not sure. But they still come along in a manner that they have a ton to well, give, and they understand what's there.
0: Bogdanovich is not past his prime. Conley, I'll give you that. I hedged. Yeah. I'm not saying that they are. You know, I think aren't. Bogdanovich is in his prime. Right. Conley's fine. a little bit past his so prime. So that's why I just right. combined the two. But the thing you need, which Conley provides, which the roster largely doesn't have, is a playoff experience deep in the playoffs. He's yeah. been to a conference final. And I, I most just don't these guys think there's
3: much it. difference between round two and three.
0: But and there I, is a difference. I
3: don't, think, I don't think that's an inexorable reason as to why you lose. Because you didn't have the experience to play in round three versus round two. If they lose in round three, which is the conference final, right. I'm not going to blame it on lack of experience.
0: Most of the elite players lose in round three or four before they win there. There have been exceptions. Steph Curry, twenty fifteen Warriors—that's the one to hold up. That's all I need. That's good because it's about all you got. That's all I need. Next, I think if you go back, then the next thing is Duncan. Now the rest of the team had lost. Not, our that's Collins all. Final. That, not, that's a long and, time ago. And, and, and the
3: Spurs have nothing to do with the Jazz. And how many of those teams had the best record in the league? Were they good enough to win? Was it the, Were they good enough to win, or did they lack the experience to win? If I just boil it down to that, I'm not buying that. This team has enough experience. They're veteran guys. The kid has been the face of the franchise for four years. That's a long time to be the face of the franchise.
0: It's a true story. So, And you could argue the people who are doing the Warriors Jazz comparisons that... Curry didn't have the deep experience. No one did, but he'd been the face of the franchise for a while. And they also had the best record in the NBA. They had home court all the way through. And they got it done. They did. This team is capable
3: of getting it done. That's got to go do it, man. There's a big difference between being capable and actually doing I was about to say, capable
0: gives you wiggle room. There are no guarantees that capable. But there are possibilities. And so if I come out and say, yeah, I believe they're going to win, and they don't, de doo Hmm. I was wrong.
3: Who cares? But I I have to be responsible in what I actually believe. I can come in here and be a homer and say, oh, absolutely. But I don't think anybody's going to believe me. I've got to present a truth that is truthable to the listeners. The
0: the truthability is a
3: factor. Yeah. Or else they're just going to blow you off. And I think that people listening today, somebody argue with me. I believe this team has the capability. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to do it. Can you really argue with me when I say I believe this team has the ingredients and the ability to win the title? That's the extent that I'm going. Can you argue
0: that? Because I would like to see I argue the the only thing I can that they don't have the playoff experience to do this all. Everything else... They have, but they don't have the playoff experience that the overwhelming majority of the champions have. Doesn't mean all the champions have it. So when you say capable, okay, they're capable because they've got a lot of the other things that that Warrior team had in 2015 when they didn't have the playoff experience to get it done, and yet they got it done. Now there'll be people who say, well, that Warrior team got a huge break because they would have lost to Cleveland if Cleveland was healthy. Maybe they would have, but they still got to the final. Sure. And you could and, say the same and, thing. And, and, well, this Jazz team is lucky that the Lakers aren't healthy. And they caught did.
3: a break in that the Lakers, Kobe was playing out the string. Yeah. So, I mean, where are you going to go with this? How many breaks did they need well, to get? Well, that's chew down. I need about 27 to go. <laughs> so,
0: well, no, I know. They <laughs> had Sacramento cold. So I just need 26 more breaks. So you can just keep going on
3: that. The bottom line is that they won. And if the Jazz catch a break along the way, fine. We hear about you got to be good and you got to be lucky. You know, and we understand that.
0: So you don't like the analytics, but the people who love them and embrace them. I'm not
3: saying I don't like them. I just don't think that they're – I I don't pay – If
0: I told you the Jazz had a 15% chance of winning the NBA championship, would you think that's too high, too low, or just right? Too low. Too low? We too low. What? Oh, I just got that. What? Yeah, that was. (laughs) That was. I I knew it was something, but I didn't get it at first. But, uh, yeah.
4: What a legendary story that one is.
0: Boy, catfishing people left and right right there. <laughs> uh, so what's the right number if it's not fifteen percent? Given that there are a lot of legit contenders in the NBA, it makes it hard to drive that number very high. So how so high do you 20. want to drive it? Okay, 20. I don't, I don't view that as a big difference.
3: Well, yeah, in your polls, you know you got a five percent mar-
0: margin margin error. of error, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you
3: learned anything.
0: 5.38, analyticing and doing the thing to death. Says, a site that I've never looked at, I'm proud to say. Yeah, I know you haven't. Clippers are the favorite at 28%, which seems to me way too high for the Clippers. I'd peg them lower. Sixers have a 21% chance. Jazz at 15, Nets at 14.
3: Lakers only at 9. See, I believe that the Jazz have just as much talent as the Sixers. And the Clippers, I talk to me after I've seen Paul George play. In the postseason.
0: Love he's, his talent. He's saying all the right things. And he had another great regular season. Yeah. Prototypical NBA player. He can do it all. Long, lean, athletic. But he hasn't done yeah. it all in the playoffs. No. Sometimes not by a wide margin.
3: So there's your best example of a guy struggle, 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 succeed. If he succeeds. Right. They've got talent on that team.
0: But I think the Jazz have talent. So the Jazz are capable. How many teams in the NBA do you believe are capable of winning the championship right now? Well, if you get to the final,
3: you're capable of winning it. Mm -hmm. Even though the path in the East is easier, I still believe if you get there, because you could be a turned ankle away from winning
0: it. The other guy turns an ankle. We've seen multiple. We can name multiple finals that have been decided by injuries in the finals. Right. Have been turned maybe the maybe the team that won it would have won it anyway, but it went into slam dunk territory. Where it's now a no doubt and we just got to play it out.
3: So at least two in the East, but if it's not either of those two, the Nets and the Sixers, then if it should be the Bucks.
0: Five thirty eight gives the Bucks a six percent chance of winning it all.
3: But yeah, the odds would go up more. Those are odds today. Mm -hmm. As we dwindle Your odds increase, obviously. So if the Bucks found a way to get through, even though I don't think they would be the best team, I would give them a chance. So I have to sort of put them in there because someone has to come out of the East. Do you really think the Bucks are getting through though?
0: You know they they have No.
3: But I'm saying if
0: they do, so right now that would increase it. I agree. But right now are you saying that there's two capable teams in the East or three? Yeah, two. Two. Okay. But then the, I won't argue it. But you, it, you can
3: if, have an injury along the way that allows the Bucks. It's not like the them. Bucks are a complete dark horse. They're not rolling out a seven or eight seed here and getting to the final. So I sort of put them on. The, I'm on the fence with them.
0: But it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the outrageous shock. But no, I right today. So Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. Are you giving the Suns or the or the Nuggets a shot? I have to give the Suns a shot. Until I see otherwise. Now, I know they don't have near as much experience. I was about to say, everything I said about the Jazz and playoff experience. It's manifest. Times 10. Yeah. Times 10. You're going to get players who are literally starters who are in their first NBA playoff game. Well, three of them. Right.
3: If they start Crowder.
0: Crowder's got playoff experience. But at the same time, see, Paul's got playoff experience.
3: If I go, and I have to check Sarge. What what he had, because he's been around the league a little bit, where what he did, I'm not sure. He's not a big-time player. But we know
0: Booker them. and Aiton will be making their first playoff starts.
3: Yeah, Bridges, their yeah. other starter. Cam Johnson coming off the bench. And those guys, they have zero. But at the same time, okay, see, that's why I don't want to get bogged down on that, because if I start going down that road, then how much of... Jay Crowder's finals experience override that. I mean, where do you go? You can get yourself spinning around on that thing that they do in baseball with the bat between innings. I can just go around and around. So Booker doesn't have any, but Crowder has it all. So where do I go with that? Crowder's played in some big-time series along the way. What does that mean? Do I start discounting that? Because he's a role player. But, I mean, he's a tough dude and all that stuff. Does that count? And I listened to him, the, I think it was two days ago, they were talking to him did in an interview with him, how he's telling them how it is and all this stuff, blah, 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 because he's the veteran now and he's been there, yada, yada. So he can say that. And he has been there and he is the veteran. But what does
0: that mean? Where do you go with that? Where does it well, stop? I think that that goes right in line with uh, what coaches have said. Like, it doesn't really matter what I know. It matters what I can transfer the players and what they know when they got to make the play, whatever the sport. Doesn't matter what the coach knows, matters how much they've transferred to the players. And so, you know, if Crowder's the guy who's got to take a big shot, it's a little different because he is on the court. But what we're really wondering about is what is Booker going to deliver? And what is Ayton going to deliver? I mean, you watch the Suns closer than most people in this market. And I think the second half of the season, we were all paying more attention to them because it, it became clear they weren't going away. And it was going to be a good race down the stretch. And Aiden has some games where he's very impactful, and Aiden has some games where he disappears. There's stretches he just vaporizes. That's true. And they can't have him vaporizing in big playoff games. They don't have a bunch of other guys to go to. They they need it from him. So I would say I would
3: count on Booker to do his thing, and I would count on Paul. But other than that, it becomes a question mark. And Crowder seems to be, I don't know how he does it, he either seems to be 6 of
0: 8 from 3, or, oh, yeah, right. One for nine. <laughs> he's going to shoot 34%, yeah. but he's never, ever, ever yeah. going to shoot 34%. It doesn't, It'll just be a mix of yeah. 20 and 50 and 10 and
3: 50. It seems like it's crazy, man. When yeah. when he's on, he's, boy, he's such a weapon. But I, I, I think that as I look at their team, I have to consider them now. I put them in uh, because I think they've earned the right to be considered. But they're playing the Lakers, and... But, jeez, if if Mitchell can say no one expects much from us, then every single Suns dude can say, well, we're playing the Lakers, ain't?"
0: and they can go Nate McMillan. The league doesn't want us to win. Nobody wants us to win. (laughs) Go Suns. A Suns Jazz Conference Final would be fun. I'm in favor of that. I am too. All right, DJ and PK, David Locke is coming up next, and we will run this by him, see how many teams he thinks are legit championship contenders at this point, and we'll do that next. Stay with us.
3: Rob to Rudy, oh he packed it with the right hand
6: Produced three all-stars, check Oh, Donovan Mitchell Earned the best record in the NBA In the top spot in the West You are fabulous Check and check the regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. <laughs>
0: PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When they clean the carpets and tile, it's never just clean. It's no. Zero Res yeah. clean. They won't have it any other way. No. Just $33 per room. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. Or schedule online by searching for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Yeah, right on. Guy asked me, since we were just talking about Crowder, who's the jazz tough guy? Well, there's no one as tough as Crowder on the roster right now, but Royce O'Neal. Do you need somebody as tough? Is no. This, no,
3: but what, yes. What are we doing here?
0: Yeah. Gobert's not tough? I'll
3: take Gobert. Who am I taking, Gobert or Crowder? i taking Gobert.
0: <laughs> what are you going to do, pick up a tee, get kicked out, get a flagrant? You want tough guys in lots of subtle ways. Like with the game on the line We're in the fourth minded quarter. minded guys. Yeah, absolutely. And LeBron driving, and this, the shuttle hits, the, the, the shuttle subtle bump you with a shoulder, and you're off balance, bump you with an elbow. Never calling that offensive foul. You can argue it was. You can argue all day long. They're not calling it.
3: You mean tell me Mitchell's not mentally tough?
0: I don't think anyone's going to tell you that.
3: He's no, but go, sometimes he's
0: the, he's the go-to guy for most of the shot clock shots, most yeah, of the end of game shots. And sometimes shots.
3: you need somebody to just let somebody know, hey, we're not going to take your crap.
0: Yeah. Well, you need somebody if they, if, if Chris Webber decides to flatten John Stockton, you do need somebody to flatten yeah, one of their guys. Except in today's game, you're kicked out. <laughs> so you need someone who isn't Rudy Gobert because you don't want him kicked well, out. Well, but Webber isn't going to do that to
3: Stockton now because he get kicked out. Mm, so the toughness aspect of that, the overt toughness, yes. Yeah, this isn't, that you could go, you, we all know, we've all seen guys going nuts, throwing punches at each other, and they don't get kicked out back then. It was like it was a thousand years ago. It, doesn't, <laughs> it didn't even exist. It might as well have been in black and white, and you saw it at the start of when you went to the movies for a quarter.
0: <laughs> Maybe a nickel. It was a long time ago.
3: But it doesn't exist now. So you can't even do that. So do I need some over
0: tough dude? Hey, you blah, 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 blah,
3: blah, blah Don't you do that? Because that, now they go to see caucus. Guy farts.
0: We got to go to see caucus. <laughs> 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 Who is crop dust in this game? Yeah. We're going to find out. Yeah. So I think that's
3: overrated because of the fact that you don't have that as much anymore. Because they call it and they got every cameras and reviewing and all. You know, it's, and then the ultimate, the ultimate uh, who, Mikhail Rambis, and it was just a foul and nobody went to see caucus. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, oh my goodness, you'd be thrown out and suspended.
0: Can't drop people like that. It is time to welcome in David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the
7: Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, David James. Good morning, Patrick. And we find out our opponent tonight. We get to prep all day and play on Sunday. Fired up, baby.
3: You too. And who do you think would be the most more advantage for the Jazz, or is it a wash?
7: No, it's not a wash, my friend. One of them has a player that has completely broken the game offensively, revolutionized the game for the future, maybe the most influential player the game has had in decades You think that highly of Valenshuenis, huh? I do. I love (laughs) Valenshuenis, but I'm talking about (laughs) Steph Curry. Think about this. Think about this in jazz history, okay? Jerry Sloan gave a legitimate, real, explanation of why he couldn't double team Michael Jordan at 19 feet. And it was a good explanation, right? In the NBA finals, you don't want to double. If you do, Steve Kerr gets the open shot. Like, you know, we didn't rotate enough and force guys into things, but that's a different story. But like, basically, right. Like it made sense. Like, Hey, we're in the NBA. We can't do gimmicky defense. We go double team a guy at 19 feet and the ball swings around and somebody's open. Like it's a real problem. And it all kind of, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. It is now reasonable, 100% reasonable, expected and maybe negligent to not double-team Steph Curry at 35 feet.
0: Lakers did it, and it worked. They had AD out there, double-team him at at the edge of the half-court circle.
7: No, it's the only answer. If you don't double-team him at 35 feet, he's pulling for three off a pick that and you can't get out high enough and he's splitting the pick. I mean, you really have no choice, but to let Draymond green play four on three on you on the open floor. Like it's they're, they're great by the way. Like I think people, their numbers, since they got rid of two negatively impactful players who didn't help them win are through the roof as good as anyone else. My, my numbers would tell you that when all teams are healthy, or as healthy as they're going to get in the playoffs. So removing Jamal Murray, there are four elite teams in the West, the Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, and jazz. And then maybe Portland, that Portland, when you start narrowing down the players, they're just going to play in the playoffs and the minutes that are going to play. Now, I don't know if they can really roll Nurkic out there for 40 minutes, but any minute that's cancerless is good for them. And then they get really special too. Um, so, Golden State's terrific. Like now, some of that they played the Thunder twice, and any numbers against the Thunder should be eliminated. And I think they played the Rockets in that stretch, and that should be eliminated. But you know, when they have Steph and Draymond on the floor, which they do for the playoffs, they're plus sixteen per hundred possessions.
0: Yeah, but aren't the Jazz terrific too? Yeah, I said the Jazz were my four teams. Do you think the Warriors emptied the tank against the Lakers, or do you think they're going to be able to handle the Grizzlies, or do you think there's something to? They need something from the role players, and everybody rolled it out there, and this could be hard for them.
7: I think this could be hard for them because Memphis is particularly, you know, there's probably not a team in the league that has a combination of like physical prowess that Valanchunas and Dylan Brooks kind of combine bring in the perimeter. Like, whenever Rudy plays. Valentunas, I feel like Rudy's got to take like a seventy-two hour ice bath before he's like <laughs> right again. I mean, it's just like it's brutal. Like yeah. he's just a beast. Like he's straight out WWF. Right. Um, and I love it. I actually love him. I, I actually, you know, if you were, when Toronto traded for Marcus Ole, I actually thought Toronto made a huge mistake. I thought Valentunas was vital to who they were and brought him a toughness, and obviously was wrong. But I think Valanciunas actually is probably the most underrated player in the league. And you you have to look at Memphis and say, like, okay, with that roster, why are they 500? Like, what is it that they're doing? And John Morant's super, but he's got some massive flaws still in his game as a second-year player. So I don't actually think he's the reason. I think the reason is because they're so physical, they're so hard to play, that over the course of a regular season, you just wilt against them, and they then walk away with the win. I don't think that works I don't think Golden State wilts in the circumstance, but it does mean that I think Golden State comes to Salt Lake City on Sunday with their tank empty.
4: Do you believe
3: Mitchell will be on any kind of uh, restraint as far as minutes and all that?
7: Um, I wouldn't think so. After all this time, other than just pure fatigue. Okay. So basically, the coach. I didn't like. It's not like I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night and became a doctor this morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got PK with that one. That was a good one. Four 50-year-old jokes.
7: <laughs> so Wow, that just stopped the show. Yeah, it really did. It really did. <laughs> Are you like, what's wrong with this, DJ? Like, you're just trying to figure out why PK's not that? Like, what stopped you right there? You're trying to figure out why P.K. actually thought that was funny? Yeah, I was. I was was psychoanalyzing him a little bit. (laughs) And
0: and deciding also if I want to move on to another discussion here. Uh, So we were discussing, P.K. was talking about the Jazz are capable of winning a championship. And there are people who count on emotions and words. That's P.K. And there are people who count on numbers. That's you. And I'm curious when you went to you hear PK say they're capable I think you'd agree with that. And then if you see the Jazz, uh, 538 has them as a 15% chance to win the finals. You think that's the right number? Too high, too low? What are you thinking? What's a big number? It's the like, third it's the third biggest right now. They've got yeah, right. so, so many teams with a chance that it spreads the numbers out.
7: Right, I mean you know this is what everyone's always asked for. Yes, for all those years when everyone was complaining about Golden State versus Cleveland, and we knew what the finals were going to be, I do think there's a really big chance we're getting Brooklyn versus LA, which is what we always thought we were going to get, um, because those are the best teams. Um, but yeah, there's a real chance. I mean, I was looking at Bet Online today, and they have the Jazz as the fourth best odds. Right, Brooklyn's the favorite, and the Lakers, and the Clippers, and the Jazz. Like, um, so I mean, well, it's pretty incredible to be going into a playoffs with 15 percent chance. That's like amazing, and. Um, I'm sure we'd like it to be 90%, but that's not really competition. And so, I, it, yeah, we got a chance. It's it's remarkable. We're going to have to continue to play fast. We're going to have to continue to shoot the three at a really high rate. We're going to have to win the mass game with shot distribution, defense, and shooting the threes. Um, we're going to have to keep people out of transition and get ourselves into transition a little bit. Um, we do that with defense, um, and it kind of accelerates itself. Um, runs are really super important in the playoffs. They go both ways. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we have eight, nine-man roster rotation. It's deep. I think we have the one of the most impactful players in the league in Rudy and who I suspect will be up to 40 minutes a night. Um, you know, we're I, we're really, really good. And as we narrow our rotation, we probably get better, as does everyone else. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking at. The one number, just if you're going to ask the next question, which is, is there any reason not, we're We haven't been, and some of this is the most, is that there's a recent numbers without Donovan and Mike to cloud this, is there are, some of the other teams have been better against better teams. Now, our numbers are clouded a little bit because the last games all in those matchups were without Donovan and Mike, but the same way the Lakers are clouded um, in the fact that their, you know, numbers were without LeBron and the Clippers were clouded. So those numbers are, you know, numbers are hard this year to try to figure out what, um, really matters. That's why I'm kind of living off this idea that you, you look at the end of these play, you look at these teams right now and you look at them in regards to what they, what their numbers are when their best players are on the floor. But against the be- other playoff teams, we have the third best differential of all the teams. The Mavericks were a little better and Phoenix had the best. And we lost seven of our last 11 of those games, um, which is not a great trend. But, you know, back to what I said, there are. Um, when we have Rudy in, on the floor, we're a 15.1. When we have Rudy and Mike on the floor, we're a 16.2. When the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George on the floor, they're 17.6, so that's better. When the Lakers have AD and LeBron on the floor, they're a 14.1. And when the Warriors have Steph and Draymond on the floor, they're a 15.4. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. And the Blazers are 15.3 if you really narrow down on the right groupings. So those are the five teams that I think are, are most prime here to, to do something in the West, and that's a lot. That's pretty awesome.
3: So you talked about Gobert being having extended minutes. Do you think that's a pattern throughout the roster as far as the main guys getting more minutes?
7: Um, I think so. However, on our guard line, you know, we really have this unique thing that we have three different pick-and-roll ball handlers in Joe, Mike, and Donovan – And I mean, if you kind of just look at it over the course of the night, like Donovan runs like 20 pick and rolls and Mike runs like 18 with Rudy and then Joe runs like 15. Like, so it's really equally distributed. So you can equally distribute those minutes and you don't necessarily need to take Mike to 38 to do, you know, Mike can still stay at the 31, 32. Donovan might go to the 38 and you're playing Joe. Um, Jordan brings a unique thing and it depends a little bit on the series on who you're playing. If you're playing Memphis, you're playing dropping bigs that are playing back at the rim and hugging probably the three-point shooters and forcing, you know, Jordan and, and Don and, um, and Mike to, to get in the lane and Joe to try to make plays out of that while not allowing the ball to get out to shooters. If you're playing the Warriors, they're switching. And now the uh, one-on-one picking, the one-on-one beating people off the dribble getting in the lane, making the defense collapse, and kicking out to shooters becomes even more vital. So that's not a great Joe Ingles series because Joe's not going to beat you one-on-one. Then he becomes, you know, that's when he then, the fact that he shoots like 50% off Donovan's three passes is becomes really important. Donovan's got to break the lane and give it up to Joe or other people to get those those threes. So it's just a little bit depends on the series and who we have, and that's where Quinn's at his, at his best. Um, you know, George, I think, is important in the series from an offensive standpoint, one, he's always willing to shoot. And the fact he doesn't bypass threes and, and what Nate Duncan calls record scratching the offense is important. Um, really very important actually. And then defensively, he's just gotten so much better this year. I'm not sure he's a liability. So I think he becomes you know vital, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you put your best players on the floor. We just have a unique thing where we have nine really, really good players and you know, the only area where we probably have a, really bar- big discrepancy, and it's not a slight on Derek. It's just that Rudy's amazing. So Rudy's minutes go up, and I think everyone else just finds their roles.
0: As you watch the Lakers edge the Warriors, and runs happen, and you see the flaws, and was, I wonder if it was a little bit of a Rorschach test. You know, they show you the ink blots, and then your brain goes wherever it goes because it's really an ink blot. It's not a rabbit, and it's not a wagon. But I was just curious when you were watching it, if you saw the Lakers and the Warriors' flaws – and saw why they were seven and eight, and why they are going to be vulnerable and can be out of the playoffs early on, regardless of the hype. Or if you saw teams that still have special players and can still make deep runs, and for the first time ever, we could have a seven versus an eight in a conference final. It's still a long shot, but for the first time, it's not completely ridiculous. What'd you see when
7: you watched that game? Yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't pick that, by the way. Just so let's like. If the if we if the Warriors were the Jazz will beat the Warriors in a series, I think in the large reason I would pick that is because the Warriors I think will be on empty when they get to Salt Lake. And so now all of a sudden the Jazz who are great are kind of almost should get game one. And now you're playing a six game series where one team has to win three and the other has to play four. That's a pretty big difference. Um I actually did not see um I saw the opposite. I saw Two teams are ready to go. So the Warriors' weakness is that they played Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Like James Wiseman's need is number one, you know, early pick. He does not play; he's terrible. Like in regards to helping you win today, he's terrible. He's going to be fine; going to be great. Kelly Oubre, I, I actually decided that the you know one of the quickest ways to turn your franchise around is to acquire Kelly Oubre and then trade trade him Phoenix for you know and not play him, right? Like it's he just uses so many possessions in such a one-dimensional manner that doesn't help your teammates at all and I think just zaps the group of its energy um in in such a way that you know when he left everyone then got into the rightful order of the basketball universe like it's Steph and Draymond conducting Andrew Wiggins Jordan Poole good shooter this kid Mulder and Tuscana Anderson's tough as hell are playing and you know Draymond can't shoot a three anymore of his life depends on it but he doesn't have to because you're double teaming Steph at thirty five feet, so he's able to play point guard on a four on three and they're they're just crazy hard. and then their second unit's awful and they only play it. I love what Steve Kerr's done because the math totally backs this up. Like put your best players on the floor. For as many minutes as possible, Mike Malone generally does this, and actually just grin and bear the other minutes and shorten the game. And you actually, the positive outweighs the negative. It's super hard to do mentally because you're so bad in those other minutes. But And then if Andrew Wiggins happens to make two or three plays in that time period, which is what he did against the Lakers in the key moment and then didn't in the second, the second time, you know, you're fine. So I think the Warriors are just terrific. Um, they're elite defensively. They play a unique style defensively, and they have a player that just breaks the Breaks your defense. I thought LeBron's performance, at least in my, like when I think of LeBron's career, we have these incredible moments. Obviously when Cleveland, when he scores whatever, 27 straight points against Detroit, you know, NBA championship performances, Eastern Conference final, like there's all these amazing moments for LeBron. I actually thought the second half against the Warriors was super special. He was awful in the first half. No lift, no explosion, couldn't beat guys, couldn't get up. And he just completely came out in the second half and changed his game and figured out how he was going to win that basketball game inside the limitations of what he had, which tells you what we all know about him, that he's an absolute basketball genius and he's the most talented player the game has ever had. And he can just find whatever way he wants to win. And that's what he did in that game, at least in my opinion. And certainly Wesley Matthews was outstanding and Alex Caruso, you know, did some things pretty well that, you know, and Dennis Schroeder was unplayable and there are all these other little side stories to it. But the fact was, and that on a night where AD looked disengaged other than a player to, um, I thought LeBron showed every, you know, part of his Michael Jordanness of just willing his team to a win by changing his game. So I thought they were both great. Uh, I would take the Lakers over Phoenix and then I would probably take the Lakers over Portland, who I think will be Denver. And if the warriors were to beat the jazz and they weren't too exhausted, I could see their switching defense really give the Clippers a hard time. And Steph's pretty unguardable. So I don't think that's an out. Like if you want a most likely Western conference finals, I'm probably going jazz Lakers with Clippers and Warriors-Lakers next.
0: All right, there it is. David Locke, the possibilities, the odds, and it all starts Sunday night. You think there's any chance that Donovan still doesn't feel quite 100% and they think they can beat the Warriors in game one and this is the slowest part of the playoffs and and they use the three extra days to get him all the way healthy? He's all the way in. 100%. He's going. Barring a major I, setback,
7: I think he better. I mean, if he practiced yesterday, he I would, He's I would going. hope he goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the other one on Donovan, by the way, if you kind of look at his historical numbers, he actually needs to play. So Donovan's not great with rest. He's a rhythm player. Like his, he, I think he shoots about thirty-three percent if he has two or more days rest. Well, then they they better practice hard today and wear him down, right? Right. No, there's something like his body is a machine. Like, it's got to run. Like, you know, Mike's the opposite, right? Mike's least good games this year are all on, on the five or six back-to-backs. So he shoots a little less well, and his shooting percentage on three is a little less. And you suddenly get rid of those games and look at his numbers. He's pretty outstanding. In fact, he doesn't have a back-to-back. Always have a, you know, a day rest for him is, is going to be really big. Donovan actually needs to get into the second part of this series where you're playing every other day to be at his peak.
0: All right, David, we got to run. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will hear you Sunday night on the call. Okay, talk to you soon. All right, coming up, Pace Mannion, former Ute, former Jazz guy. His son now plays for the Warriors. We'll talk with Pace. Coming up in about 15 minutes and a PGA Championship update with Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. PK, this is a crazy tournament. We literally have guys hitting shots off the beach. we got guys making birdies and bogeys and – Going seven well, holes without making a par. I've been in the trap many times. Beach. Bob Casper, nine thirty. PJ Championship update. Stay with us. <laughs> number one. Make us your number one
6: preset. In the Zone Sports Network.
4: Going down to Vegas this weekend, and I'm putting some massive dollar bills on my boys in Utah.
0: We just heard from David Locke. We're about to talk with Pace Mannion, Jazz and Warriors, or Jazz and Grizzlies. David, tell you anything that gave you pause, or you just reinforced what you already believe? And even though you approach it differently because the two of you approach it differently when you end up in the same place there's usually a lot of truth there. What? Huh? (laughs) I
3: don't know that I put that much stock in the Warriors because What you do
0: in the Lakers? I don't have any problem If you just joined us in the last segment David was I gave him a couple options one that the Lakers and Warriors really revealed each other's flaws and although they got celebrity and name recognition and excellent players, they don't have the teams, they don't have the rosters to do the deep runs they've done in the past. Or they really did bring out the best in each other, and these two teams can both make deep runs and theoretically meet in a conference final. And David David pumped them both up.
3: And they can both go out in the first round. Uh, But if Steve Kerr is all that then why didn't he figure out earlier that Wiseman and Oubre were detrimental to their team?
0: Well, I don't know the answer to that, so but the most injuries. the most obvious would be uh, it got late in the season. It got right down to it, and there were people in the front office who wanted to play the young guys, and he finally had 50 games of, hey, we can do way better than this, and they signed uh, off so, on it. So Ownership, I mean, there are times, and I have no idea, but there are times we know owners have fallen in love with players and Coaches and, and so player. Steve Kerr
3: is going to be unemployed for maybe a half day.
0: <laughs> but will he get a gig this sweet? Uh-uh. But no, well, you right. Well, if he's
3: all that, and some people think he is, particularly if you're aligned with uh, his political persuasion, you really, really love him, then why didn't he figure it out earlier? And if he's all that great, then doesn't matter where he goes, he'll be really good. So I just wonder, well, wait a second here. That's sort of an indictment on Kerr without realizing you're indicting
0: her. DJ PK, when we come back, Pace Manion, former Ute, former Jazz player, he will join us next. We'll talk Warriors and Grizzlies with him and Jazz in the playoffs with him. Stay with us. DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in Pace Mannion, former Ute, former jazz player. He used to do the radio show right after us. Pace, how are you?
5: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
0: We want, to, want to get a lemon and do the red and the blue show?
5: Let's just do some crosstalk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Remember it well. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> so I'm curious. Uh, you know, it's funny how uh, life works. And a, a lot of people listening know your background, but not everybody does. You, you played at the Utes in the early 80s when there wasn't a three-point shot. You played in the NBA in the late 80s. When there was a three-point shot, but it wasn't used very often. You went over to Europe, and man, the Europeans really embraced the three-point shot. And you can argue they embraced it quicker than the, than a lot of people did in the U.S. You come back and you do some broadcasting for the Jazz. You do the pre-half and post on TV for five years in the 2000s. The game's just starting to change. And then the next decade it takes off, and you're raising a young prodigy who's a high school star and plays at the University of Arizona. Boo. Now on the Warriors (laughs) roster, and he's fully embraced the three. And now his teammate is Steph Curry, who has revolutionized the three. And I just think when you're watching a game, and you watch a lot of Warriors games because your kid's on the roster, and you see the stuff Steph does that the coaching staff encourages and applauds and you know it didn't even exist in your career and then you would have gotten pulled in a heartbeat and cut if you tried this stuff how much does it just blow your mind
5: it's uh the game has changed i mean you talk from the 80s to now it's a completely different basketball game um rule wise and everything but the three-point shot has just taken off and you know And obviously i think steph is I don't, there's not many people are going to argue he's probably the best you know, shooter that's played, you know, along with Ray Allen and some of these guys, but you watch watch him shoot the basketball from the range he shoots it at, how he stretches the floor, how he changes the way other teams have to play against the Warriors every single night, and even though you know it's coming, you still have trouble finding a way to stop him because when you have to go guard a guy at 38, 39 feet from the basket because he's a threat from there, It opens up so many things because he handles the ball so well and he can get by and he's got floaters. He's got everything else in in the the package that makes him a threat every time he touches it from the minute he crosses half court. People used to say that jokingly, but now the minute he crosses half court, you have to think he can shoot it from the logo, from inside the circle. He can let that go from there because he feels he can make that. And he has several times this year if you've watched the Warrior games. And so – the game has changed so much, and I think he and Damian Lillard and some of these guys will, uh, give, get a lot of credit for that. Um, Steph, because he's won championships and has been in the limelight as MVP and all those things, but he is the one guy that, that will be renamed always as you know he, he opened this league up to where coaches feel like that three-point shot is, is just as effective as trying to pound the ball inside like we did back in the 80s and 90s even.
3: So how about this? You know, obviously all that stuff inside the half court and logo has just gotten tremendous attention. And you've watched the Warriors uh, probably way more than we have this year, obviously because you have DNA on that team. But my thought is, in addition to that, I believe, I was telling DJ this the other day, that he has the best floater of all time.
5: I I agree with that. You know, when he gets... Because he's run off the three-point line so many times, and there's not he, you know, he does take some mid-range shots. They're rare, but if you see a guy run him off the line and he he puts it on the floor, um, most likely it's going to be a floater, and it doesn't matter if it's from you know 15 feet or 10, wherever he feels comfortable, he's going to let it go. And again, the touch he has, and and I think you can work on these things. I think what he has, and I'm not taking anything away from the work he's put in because I've heard. What his work ethic is, you know, firsthand. Um, he just has a touch that is just unreal, and he's had it from, you know, a young age. He, you know, you watched him in college, and I'm sure he was like that in high school, and just didn't get the attention he, he is now because he was so small, and people weren't sure he could handle the pounding of the NBA, which obviously he's proved everybody wrong on that aspect. But that floater is, um, it's a weapon that I think every guard. In the NBA needs because if you can shoot that you know by the time you get to you get to the basket get in the paint you know there are some there's some big bodies and they don't mind knocking you down and they'll block your shots and but that, that that's a weapon that is that's another shot that we never took That wasn't even in the repertoire back in you know when, when I was playing and, and that's another shot that's come around that has been evolved into a, a great weapon for for offensive players.
2: So
0: one of the craziest moments of that Laker-Warrior game is at the end when Steph has the ball just across half court. The Lakers know he's a threat. They double him, and they're willing to live with whatever happens as long as it isn't a shot coming out of Steph's hand with a game on the line. And they send AD out there, a 7-footer, running out 35, 40 feet from the hoop to double someone who's as elusive as Curry – And I'm just wondering when you look up and down NBA rosters, who has rosters versatile enough to deal with this? Because if you don't have it, this kind of versatility, the ability to hit a 40-footer, a 7-footer who is an excellent defender, 40 feet from the hoop against the best of the best, if you don't have that versatility, you're going to be doomed. You're going to be exposed over the course of seven games. So how many teams have that kind of versatility?
5: Well, not many. You know, I mean you talk about he's he's a freak athlete when you talk about A D, but you know, there are teams in the league that give I think give Warriors problems with, with some size. And I think the Lakers tried that, but they realized the small ball the Warriors were playing was you know, you couldn't you couldn't guard everybody out there. You know, the two bigs. You can't do that. Drummond wasn't gonna guard, you know, even if it's you're talking about Juan Toscano Anderson who is you know, he's he's a good player and he can score the basketball. Um but he's not your main guy, and you're willing to live with that shot. You talked about the last play with the Warriors. You know, I think in hindsight, you'd like to have that play out because you were going to get Wiggins in the corner with a wide open three mm-hmm. right before Kerr called the timeout. Which I think that's a shot you'd have taken instead of trying to inbounds with 2.1 on the clock um, to get a, a, a three to tie the game. Um, but you just didn't you didn't see that develop until after he would called the timeout. It's easy to say now or right after he called the timeout, you could see it, but. But you're right. There's not a lot of teams that have um, the athletes to do that. And, and the Lakers, I, you know, as bad as the Lakers played, you know, until certain moments of that game, you know, they're still a threat. You know, I don't think the Suns are very happy that they get the Lakers in the first round.
3: Yeah, really. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's something that they're going to have to endure, obviously. Uh, I'm wondering if you um, – what's your level of confidence – that it's going to be Warriors jazz as opposed to Grizzlies Jazz.
5: Yeah, tonight's a tough game. You know, they just played him a few days ago and to beat him you had to get you know, Steph had forty six. Um you're putting a lot of pressure on your superstar to to score the basketball night in and night out to win games and, and he's he's carried them all season that way. Uh, so and it's not that he can't do it again. The the Grizzlies they have some some weapons, you know. Val Tunis is playing well. He's coming off a 23-and-23 23 23 night. Um, obviously, Morant is, is who he is. And when he decides to get aggressive and, and go to the basket and do what he does, especially with the small lineup the Warriors will play, um, he'll have some success. But I still think the key to that team, you know, you watch them, is, is Dylan Brooks. Because when he plays well, that team is really, really good. When he scores it at one end... Um, You know, he's averaging, what, about 16, 17 a game, I believe. And, but his defense is, and he's just, you can tell he's the heart and soul of that team. His, his emotion, they, they thrive on that. And I think you got to find a way to, to go at him and he'll be guarding Curry. And I wouldn't be surprised if Steph tries to get a couple of early fouls on him, because the last time they played, that was a, it was a really close game. And then, you know, he fouled out with, you know, about five minutes on the clock. Uh, picked up his sixth foul and was done, and, and that's when it kind of turned um, for the Warriors' favor. But it'll be a it'll be a tough game. You know, there's no doubt about it. I don't think it's going to be. You've seen some of these blowouts. I don't think it'll be a blowout by either side. Um, I think the Warriors are the favorites. Obviously, they're at home. They've you know they've got Steph, Draymond's playing well. Everybody's playing really well right now at a high level. They're playing an eight-man rotation. Guys are getting very comfortable on the floor because you know the lowest guys getting 21 minutes a night. And so they're all getting comfortable, and and that's what you need in the NBA to be successful. Is you know you're you're going to be out there for a while, and you don't have to hunt shots, you don't have to be selfish. You know it's going to come to you. So those are those are things they have going right now at this time of the year that have been playing. You know they've they've won a lot of games. You know eight out of ten. I don't know what their last ten ball games is, but they've been one of the hotter teams in the league going into this play-in scenario and, and hopefully into the playoffs.
0: So I'm curious what you thought as you saw teams tanking games down the stretch. The Clippers tanking and not worried about a potential second-round matchup with the Jazz, and it may or may not come to that. We've got to see who wins in the first round. But, you know, if they both win in advance, the Clippers didn't seem very worried by that. They seemed intent on getting to that side of the bracket. Uh, do, do you trust the Clippers? Do they even be worried about that kind of thing? What does it say about the Jazz? What would you think?
5: Um. Well, with the Jazz right now, I think everybody'd rather play them because you don't know how Mitchell and Connolly are going to come back. You know, but I would much rather see the Lakers earlier than later in the playoff series. You know, the Suns—they get them early. They're not playing great basketball. LeBron's not healthy. I don't think AD is completely healthy. Um, the supporting cast isn't playing extremely well, and so I think you have an opportunity to, to knock them off. If you, you know, the tough thing for the Suns is they're young. You know, you got some guys that never had any playoff experience. But I wouldn't, I don't think it's, you know, to duck somebody or to stay out of somebody's way, um, you know, I I don't agree with it. But I understand it. But I wouldn't, I don't think it's saying anything about the Jazz except for, hey, we'd rather play them with with guys that aren't 100%. You know, and I don't know what their record is this year with the Jazz, and I don't know what it is with the Lakers, because I didn't follow it as close as you guys probably have. But, I think the Jazz in a seven-game series can beat anybody in the league because they play so well. Um, the ball moves. They have shooters. They have a defensive presence in Gobert. Um, they are a threat to any team they play. You know, They're going to have nights where they shoot it so well that nobody, nobody can be close with them because they, they do that so well. They move, and they've got shooters, and they create. Everybody can put it on the floor. Everybody can get, get into the paint and kick out for shots, and they're all willing passers. Um, and that's a, that's a key, you know, guys that are willing to give the ball up for a better shot or for the best shot. That's what you look for. And they're they are a lot like the warriors in that way where they move the ball and there are very few teams that do it as well as those two in the league. Um, and that's why they're successful. And I think they have an opportunity this year to, to go a long way. Um, and I think the first series for them is important because, you know, whoever they get will have played three games and that first home game on Sunday here, whether it's the Grizzlies or or the Warriors, it is a big one because, you know, everybody's gonna. You, know, you guys talked about it the other day. You know, you're, you're talking rest, you're talking altitude, you're talking guys on a roll, yeah. all the things that go into that. But I think the Jazz are are very good, and I would I, I wouldn't duck them if I'm the Clippers because I, if you're the Clippers, you got to think you can beat anybody because you're a pretty solid team as well. But uh, I, I wouldn't want to play the Jazz. I wouldn't want to play the Lakers either. You know, I'd rather play the Warriors or the Grizzlies if I have the opportunity, but that's not who you're going to get in the first round.
3: Right. So you've been in this community or around this community for a long time. You know how much people care about little things and strive for respect and want respect. So we've got some postseason awards. Now you've watched the Warriors. You're basically an expert on them, and Draymond Green is one of the guys that is up for defensive player of the year along with Simmons and Gobert. What are your thoughts on who would win that?
5: They're different defensively. All three of them are completely different guys. You know, they do it in a different way. You know, Simmons is out on the perimeter guarding guards and and getting in the paint and guarding some bigs a lot like Draymond does. Um, And Gobert is just a, a presence with, you know, he's blocking so many shots and altering so many shots and creating so many problems that the Jazz can take some chances on the perimeter and knowing, hey, if you beat me, good luck. You know, you better have a great floater game. Or, or, or you better be able to pass the ball out of there and get a three because you're not going to get anything at the rim. Um, I've watched Draymond all year, and it impresses me with him, with his size. You know, he, they list him at six seven. He's probably six six. He does have a long wingspan, but he is guarding, you know, seven footers to point guards, um, and I think his IQ in my opinion, is better than anybody's when it comes to that end of the floor. Yeah, both ends of the floor. He is He's just that skilled mentally because he, he's seen so much in his current. He's played so many positions, and he's had to morph into a player that, you know, just what keeps me on the floor, and he's become an expert at all those things. You know, he's your, your consummate role player. People think he's a star, but he's your consummate role player that does everything that's asked of him, and more. And I think defensively, he reads plays so well and disrupts, and if you watch him on a defensive play, and how much he talks and orchestrates where guys go, and is telling guys what to do on certain plays when plays are called, or when he see something developing, he can see it before it happens, and he tells his guys, "This is what they're doing. This is where they're going." And, and he, in my opinion, he is the defensive player of the year. Um, you know, nothing, I don't want to take anything away from Gobert or, or Simmons. They're all, either one of them gets it. They all deserve it. You know, it's sad there's only one, but that's the way the league goes, and that's how awards are. They're all, they're all, you know, they, they all could win it. And they all would be right to win it. But, you know, I, if I was voting, and maybe it's because I've watched him all year and, and I've seen what he does. Um, I don't know how many of the writers watch all, of, you know, see every of these guys play as much as I've seen him play. And just like you guys have seen Gobert, and I'm sure Utah fans think Gobert is the best defensive player in the league because they've seen him what he does at night in and night out. And, and so that's where the bias comes in. But I think, you know, Draymond is, with his size and his skill set, it's unbelievable how he plays at that end of the floor.
0: You know, he's got a rep, and some people sometimes vote against people for reps, and we've seen him lose his cool and get technical, technicals, and get ejected and all that and complain to reps and jazz fans, wish he'd get a technical, but he doesn't. Um, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but uh, the rep isn't always. It may be partially accurate, maybe accurate in the moment, but it also isn't accurate every minute of every hour of every day. You got some pretty cool stories about him. And, <laughs> any of them? I, I don't want to cross the line, but any of them you want to share, they reflect well on him and they go against the norm of what people think of him.
5: Well, you know, Draymond is—he's a great teammate. I can tell you that with Nico. Um, and I get, you know, I can hear a lot of the stuff that goes on um, with Nico, and I'm sure Nico doesn't share everything because those are locker room moments that you you don't share. You know, those are team things that just stay in the locker room. And Nico's he's learned that as a rookie, um, but you know, I know he's he's been in Nico's corner a lot, um, and he has he's helped him and encouraged him and done the things you know the teammates do. Um, he did it after the Jazz game when Nico played well here. You know, in the locker room, said some things that were that meant a lot to Nico, and I think it meant a lot to that team and brought them closer together because of, of how he worded it to his teammates. Um, and you're right, I'm not going to share specifics, but you know, I just think he's. You talk about his technical fouls, you talk about his his image around the league, and you know, he knows he's going to get technicals. He's explained, you know, he knows he's going to get close to that limit every year. He said, "It's just what I do." I know it, my team knows it. He's had a couple that have – most of them aren't really at bad times. He's had a couple that have cost him this year that have been a little worse than others, but he rarely gets tossed. And after he gets those texts, things usually turn to turn to go his way a little bit more or the Warriors way a little bit more. And I can tell you there are rookies on that bench, you know, including Nico are shocked. <laughs> that he doesn't get more with the things he says. <laughs> and he, he said, it's just like, I can't believe that they wouldn't toss him. And he'll tell me what he says. And he, you know, and I think he has such a rep, he's been around the league so long, 99% of those reps, except for new ones coming in, know who he is, know his heart, know what he's about, know that he's just a great competitor and he wants to win. And he'll say some things sometimes that are you know, outlandish um, and even personal, but they don't take it, serious enough to give him the second technical. You know, a young guy gave him a technical this year, and and, uh, and Nico said he just went off on him the next time he came on the floor, and what he said the second time was much worse than what he got the technical for, but that young ref wouldn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was his way of saying, hey, I'm the veteran here, you're the rookie. Yeah. You know, you gave me and Damian Lillard a technical, we're both all-stars, who do you think? You know, that kind of thing where, you know, I think the refs have learned, I'm not going to put my ego in the game. It's not very often that you do, you see guys do that anymore they don't have the big egos like they used to have back in when I was playing you know there, there were some egos out there that if you said one thing you got a technical that doesn't happen much anymore and I'm sure there's but you know some refs have just like you have problems with players and coaches I know Jerry Sloan to had a problem with one of the coaches and he always got texts. and there are some guys in the league that will tell you I've got four texts here and they're from the same ref so it does happen but I think that's the anomaly yeah
3: well pace it's good to have you back in the community Got to munch us some Italian food and and, uh, party on.
5: (laughs) I'll do it. I do it all the time. That's what I get at home every night. So I can't complain about the Italian food.
3: Oh, I miss my mother and her cooking.
5: I'll bet.
0: Yeah. I miss, um, yeah. I'm, I miss the stories, Pace. When you started saying, you know, Draymond and the stuff that has to stay in the locker room and all that, it's it's what teammates do. Then I was thinking of some of the teammates that you had back in the day and some of the <laughs> yeah, things they when, did. When you think about my stories, when did I tell them? And what you told me off to the side. Off. To, oh my gosh. Well, there's, there's one particular story we, we can't.
5: Set. You can't. Those are. Yeah. You know, you just can't get out there and, and and go crazy. And that's you know I can't put my my son at risk. Absolutely. No, to Absolutely. So I we can, totally I get, can't get that. Do it.
0: We totally get that. No, but I was thinking of stories you told me from Europe about players and and basically just messing with the Americans when they showed up. And you know the story I'm talking about, which there's literally no way to tell it on the air. Does it involve touching? Yes. (laughs) I remember that one. There is no way to tell that story on the air.
10: No, no,
0: no, no. And you you actually had a teammate good to you saying, this is how you're going to behave because you don't want to end up in the middle of one of these stories, so this is what you're going to do. Exactly right, and that was quick- that was solid advice from a teammate right there. <laughs> yeah. I just think anything that happened in whatever NBA locker room doesn't measure up to some of the craziness whoa, whoa, you whoa. got from Europe. That you have crazy measure up from Europe. Oh wow!
5: Hey, hey, okay. Speaking gunners.
0: of great moments, <laughs> while you were down in Arizona raising the next NBA player. This has come up, and I think they actually lost the drop. But I've had to tell P.K. multiple times whenever I, I uh, throw a malaprop out there and he starts laughing, I say, nothing will ever measure up to Pace's <laughs> response when there was a spectacular wreck in NASCAR. And I missed it by one vowel. I was so close. <laughs> And you, you were like, you were trying to be a good teammate and come fill in in the morning, but you're just not morning guy. You were not cut out. But one time, sure, but don't ask me again, okay? With a spectacular (laughs) rack. And then the look on Pace's face as he came out of his his deep sleep. What what did you just say? Oh, man. I'm glad I was looking right at
5: you. That's good they got that drop.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I was looking right at you as that registered. That was Classic. All right, thanks, Pace. We appreciate it.
5: No problem, fellas. Have a great day.
0: All right, you're the man. Pace Mannion, former Ute, former Jazz player. Son, Nico, now playing for the Warriors. Hard to believe when Pace was doing a pre-half and post for... <laughs> you are so amazed by that. I am. <laughs> I know. A second grader, that's and he's like, going to be in the NBA. like the
3: first guy that you know who yes, played professional. that's exactly for. what it is. I know, because you yeah. say it every time. Yeah, it amazes me. I'm amazed that you haven't found... You've done no other person nope. that you've known. But, like all this time later. It...
0: I know. <laughs> Coming up next, PJ Championship Update, Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. Stay with us. The
6: Big Show, the Big Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
0: Gordon, are you happy?
11: You've been so eager to get an update about Donovan Mitchell. We got an update. He practiced today, indicated
4: that the injury might have been a little bit more serious than was let on, but is going to be back for the playoffs. Yes,
0: that's he good is. Good news. So do you, know you think he can turn the motor on completely? I don't know. What is it that Joe Ingles said yesterday? It's impossible to get into Donovan Mitchell's head. I would guess he hits the ground running, but I'm not
1: sure. Right. What would have been bad news is if he hadn't practiced, because that would have meant he probably
0: wouldn't play. And that's the luxury that this week off has given him. They're having some practice time, and they can't and work Donovan in before the games really count. So that certainly is good news.
6: Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5,
0: 1280
6: The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJPK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to get you up to date on everything you missed in this show. And then we will talk with Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio here momentarily. Talk playoffs with David Locke, with Pace Mannion. 5.38 5.38 says the Jazz have a 15% chance of pulling this off. You believe the word of the morning is capable.
3: Yeah, when you say pulling it off, not the first round, that's winning the whole thing.
0: 15% for winning the whole thing for the Jazz. Right. They actually have it all the round. But it's, they've got an 89% chance of getting to the second round, 40% to the conference finals, and 26 to the NBA finals. So. Well,
3: yeah. That's pretty good, as far as I'm concerned. I believe that that, those odds reflect that they have the ability to get the thing done. Well, they got to go do it, man. Having the ability is one thing. If you don't have the ability, well, then obviously it's a different story. But they've got the ability, but going to get it done is awfully difficult.
0: It's time for a PGA Championship update. Brought to you by You Went to Golf. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. Brought to you by Mountainland Supply. Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried & Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. Bob, good morning.
11: Hey, how you doing, DJ? I just wanted to let you know, MPK, PK, I, DJ, I just wanted to let you know I'm down in our old neck of the woods right now.
0: San Diego.
11: Yes, I am.
0: Getting ready to play the U.S. Open course.
11: We played it yesterday.
0: Oh, you've already and done it. How'd it go? Yeah, what was it like? And, Torrey Pines.
11: It, you know, Torrey Pines is a great golf course. Um Uh, it's a wonderful layout and uh and it's going to play you know it's going to play tough we we saw that yesterday the rough's up a little bit right now um getting ready for the course and they're putting up all the stands and bleachers and stuff for approximately 10,000 fans that they're going to have on course next uh you know uh each day but um but yeah it's it's always a good test um it was uh it was kind of chilly and a little windy yesterday, and it kind of beat us up a little bit. But today we're playing at San Diego Country Club, where I grew up and where my dad was a member and uh, and started out in the golf business and on his way to becoming a professional golfer. He was a caddy here, starting when he was about 10 or 11 years old. So...
9: Memories! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, they're just playing the one course, though. They're not going on both of them. They're just for going the,
11: south, not north. Yeah. yeah, they're just playing the south course in the U.S. Open. So,
3: and then they'll have the uh, the north one will just be open for public play during that time,
11: right? <laughs> no, 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 no. The north course is the north course. The it's interesting. Uh, they'll be parking know,
0: cars on the north course. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
11: No. Uh, But we were looking. We were looking. You know, what's interesting. Is the last time they had. They used Jack Murphy Stadium they used to everybody used to have to go there and then they bust them in yeah, to, to the golf course. I don't yeah. know what they're, we're going to do at this time because Jack Murphy Stadium is no longer there and um, so uh, but but the interesting thing is the north course uh, the first and the first and the um, I think it was the 10th or the 18th fairways um, go the same direction and so they're setting up uh, the driving range. For, the, for those areas, and it won't be the normal driving range that's used for the public.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dinky.
11: Yeah, small and thin. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> Can't have the pros oh. on a dinky course <laughs> or dinky no. driving, range. driving range. Dinky no. driving range, right? No. Uh, be- so, so I don't know how close you've been able to follow the PGA Championship leaderboard, but this thing is spinning like that big wheel on Price is Right or something or a Wheel of Fortune. It's like every time we look at it, somebody's 5-under. Nope, they're not. They're 2-under. A guy who was 2-under is now 4-under. Wait, there's just birdies and bogeys all over the place.
11: Yeah, and, and you're going to see that a bunch because you hit a shot just marginally offline. Off and, and you can get yourself into some pretty tough areas to be able to extract from. Uh, in the fairway, but also around the greens. You know, there's a lot of roll-off areas, and if you miss the green and it hits one of those low areas, it'll roll away, and 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 go away from the hole. So, um, it's uh, it's a tough golf course. You you hit good shots, you're rewarded with good shots. Um, you hit shots that are marginal, and off, it, it mm-hmm. penalizes you a lot. You know, Corey Connors, he 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 shot five under par yesterday and was looking really good, and then. Turned around and shot three over par the front his front nine today, so um, it's it's difficult and and it's going to remain difficult and you're going to see the best players like like we always see in major championships sift up to the top of the leaderboard and um, you know I I think by the end of the day you might see five under um, still leading maybe six but I don't think it's going to get out of hand at all.
3: So you got a couple old timers in Pol- Poulter and Mickelson. Uh, yep. How long do you think that lasts?
11: Well, one's a really old timer because he's now fifty years of age. He's he's uh, he's almost fifty one. Yep. He'll be fifty one next month, which is Phil Mickelson. Um, you know, Phil has uh, Phil struggled at the beginning of the year, but he started to bring it back around. He started to to play some better golf, and uh, here he is um, playing well again in, in the PGA championship. So, um, you know, it's, it's, there's still a lot of golf left. There's, you know, the remainder of today's round 36 more holes and, um, you know, we'll see if he'll, if he's able to stand up to that. Um, as far as Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter has been a great player, especially on the European tour, um, you know, a, a great Ryder cupper and, um, uh, it's it's good to see him playing well. He's he's kind of a fun guy, he's an interesting guy, he's got a lot of social media, posts a lot on social media and a lot of people follow him and that kind of thing. He's got a, got good opinions and good takes on on things and, and uh it, it's good to see the Europeans and uh a guy like Ian Poulter playing well this week.
0: So the way this finishes, would you rather on Sunday get in be the clubhouse leader and have your fate in other guys' hands because it seems like, from what I've read and from what I've seen, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen are just eating people up. John Rom seemed to be on a little bit of a roll, and then he doubled seventeen and bogeyed eighteen today. Uh, is that what we're going to see down the stretch? Are there going to be a lot of bogeys, guys coming home?
11: Yeah, there's potential for some uh, for some car wrecks coming coming down the stretch. And you know, if a guy gets in and he posts a good number, um, you know, you know, even though he may be two or three shots. Shy of where the leaders are, things can happen in a heartbeat, really quick on that golf course coming coming down the last four or five holes. Sixteen's a, it's interesting. Sixteen is a par five. Seventeen's a par three, and eighteen's a difficult par four. It's almost the same thing that you see at um at at the the players at TPC Sawgrass. Where you see a lot of risk reward, and then you see um, the ability to to make a big number. So that's kind of what Pete Dye does with their golf courses, with his golf courses, and that's what you see again this week. But those holes are extremely tough coming down the stretch.
3: What do you think the cut line is going to be?
11: Um, Right now, it's at plus two. Um, I think it's going to be closer to three or four, probably by the time it's all said and done. With the way you know um guys guys finishing up um and and the second wave of players today so i say I, I think it's going to be about three or four um last i saw tony was tony was uh plus one but he was one under for the day jordan spieth um plus one uh will zalatoris is um what is he minus one the last i saw but you know you he's got
3: plus you, one today so he's even is
11: he plus one today yeah so he's even um you know, what, what really floored me is Brooks Kepka and how he came out right off, right off the bat this week and, and, uh, and played extremely well yesterday. Got off to a bad start with a double bogey, but then came back and uh, ended up shooting three under par. Um, there's, there's some good guys at the top of the leaderboard, and it's going to be fun to see how this thing all shakes out.
0: You want to tell him your new golf nickname, PK? See if he approves? My new, new golf name? Oh, for, uh, for Kevka?
3: Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm calling him Pucks Tony Brooks because he only comes out, instead of once a year, he only comes out four times a year. <laughs>
11: uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And, and and he sees his shadow, I guess, or something like that. But, yeah, yeah. it's uh, he is a guy that definitely steps it up, steps it up in majors. Um, he hasn't won too many PGA Tour events, but he's won a bunch of majors. Right. And, uh, he thrives in that position. I can remember when we were at, I think it was at the U.S. Open, um, and they were asking him questions about major championships, and he says, you know what? He says, I think major championships might, might be pretty easy to win because guys get, guys get a lot of pressure on them in a major championship. And um, he said, as long as I can keep myself close to the lead, he says, I've proven to myself that I can handle that pressure. Uh, especially in a major, and he said, I'll beat half the guys, but when the, when, it, when it comes down to dealing with the pressure, coming down the stretch and that kind of thing, he says, I think I deal with that a lot better than other people. So that's why I think I have a better opportunity to win majors.
0: Okay, well, it's
11: a great way to look at it. Yeah, Great way to look at it.
0: Well, he ought to have a lot of confidence looking around the leaderboard right now because there's a lot of, who's that guy? I mean, you've got exactly. a dozen, actually a little more than a dozen guys within a shot of the yep. lead, and if you go with two yep. shots... There's like 30 guys, but there's a lot of who. I mean, Morikawa, the defending champ, is two under. So, I mean, there's a few yep. guys we know there, but you think he could stare down a bunch of these guys.
11: Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And when, when those guys get in the heat of the heat of the competition, um, you know, some, some of them are going to fold. But the thing we've learned about the younger players in today's game, the younger players are ready and eager to win. You know, Colin Morikawa last year, um, he stepped it up coming down the stretch, drove it on that on the green on the green on that short par four last year and made eagle, and uh, and he just kind of took over and slammed the door. And that was his what second or third win uh, on the PGA Tour. And you know he would only been on tour for a couple of years. So um, the younger guys you, you can't count them out. There's somebody that could step up and get their first win or their first major under their belt. That's a young guy. But for the most part, when you're dealing with, um, you know, guys like Brooks Kepka, Colin Markell, who's already won, and some of the other guys that are in the back that could make a move, um, then, uh, you know, you've you've got to really step it up and play well if you're one of those young guys.
0: Well, while we're talking, Brandon Grace, birdie 13, so he is now 6-under with a two-shot lead. So. Well, there you go. There you go. And Brandon
11: Grace, he's a proven player. He's won. He's won golf tournaments, and um, he's a guy that, that could get his first major this week. We'll, we'll have to see how things go over the next 36-plus holes.
0: All right. We appreciate it, Bob, and we will hear you and Brian tomorrow morning, Real Golf Radio, the Zone Sports yep. Network, 6 to 9 a.m. You got it, guys. All right. Thanks, Bob. You bet. It'll get you ready for the third round. Was that Phil right there? He made it, yeah,
3: because I saw the lead. He moved to, to 300.
0: Phil's three under, three back. Doing really well. DJ and PK, we're coming back with your feedback on today's
4: show next. I always wonder what it was like to sweep the Warriors. Guess I'll figure out that feeling when they do it in a week and a half.
0: <laughs> DJ and PK, the playoffs looming. We can't do our typical show, PK. It's weird. There's usually a show before the playoffs starts. Everybody's got the predictions. What's going to happen? What's the, we don't know who the opponent is. Feels like it go either way. Warriors and Grizzlies battling for the eight nine spots went right down to the last game of the regular season. Now they got to play again.
3: I think I want the Warriors over the Grizzlies. Because? Well, one of the things Locke said that I think is true, Valenstuin is Valen is such a massive dude mm-hmm.
0: that it might take its toll. Even though the Jazz win the series, Rudy is... Uh... Beating up. he just looks so huge. Yeah,
3: like humans aren't supposed to be that big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you care that the Jazz handled him so easily in the regular season? No, because
3: they didn't have Jaron Jackson. Yeah, and and he's a nice player for them, right? I don't. Think yeah, he but played is he going to be games.
0: that kind of game changer? He only, I think he only played eleven games.
3: I don't think he needs to be a game changer individually. It's a
0: piece of the puzzle that makes it more difficult. But they were so far away in the regular season. I'm going to look it up. I think the Jazz beat them by like 20 well, twice. Well, just tell me not to worry about regular season. Now all of a sudden you tell me to worry about regular season. No, I'm telling you, because of regular season.
3: Right. Because it's, but you say, if they lose, oh, don't worry about it. But now they won, and we're going to, well, this is an indicator.
0: Either it's an indicator or it's not. I don't get to pick. No, it was one of the, it was one of the three. It was a three-point game, a 16-point game, and then a uh, four-point game. Mitchell was lighting Memphis up. They had no answer for him. 35 points, turnaround, 35 points. He missed the one game. Yeah, Conley went for 26 in the third one. So they beat him without Mitchell. That's a nice sign. Yeah. yep. But it doesn't really matter what you want. It'll be what it will be, and we'll find out tonight, 7 o'clock. So we got people uh, tweeting at us uh, here today. (laughs) I want the Warriors, actually you think people want the Warriors just because it's more fun? It's and entertaining for me. Yeah, exactly. I want entertainment.
3: Yeah. It's Sports is entertainment. Nothing more than that for me.
0: Mitchell says he's progressing well and planning on playing Sunday. What could possibly stop them now? And Jay says if he stops progressing. But he is progressing. <laughs> he has been progressing for a couple weeks. So he's not going to stop progressing. He could. He's not going to. He oh, could, okay. but he won't. All right. PK can see the future. He's a
3: young buck who wants to play and wants the big thing. He wants all the glory that comes yep. with winning yep. for all the right reasons. Yep. So yeah, so he's gonna be
0: there. Come feels on. great, coach. Let's go. He's a gamer. What could stop him? The NBA refs. Oh, for we got little people little liking uh, David's uh, tweet. That's ridiculous. The fixes. So freaking stupid. Gage, three whistles running around on the court. Oh, it's so hard to play five against eight. In the words of the great band Starship, Jake says, nothing's going to stop us now. I can't think of that tune, thankfully. You can't? No. Oh, my gosh. That was a huge hit. I can. I'm not a fan of it. Give me a minute. But you've heard that song a million times. I'm sure I have, but I can't think of it right now. That's what I'm saying. I blotted it out of my memory. I blocked it. Adam says the only thing that's going to stop the jazz is global thermonuclear war. Mm, That's a possibility. There it is. Papa Dave's worried about a shooting slump. That's why I blocked it out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and I said that. And if they have four or five guys who can't buy a basket, which might happen, but it's
0: going to happen four Four times. Four times. Cameron says, this is what scares me. Plus, when we're smothering... It's a picture of Steph Curry, and he's backpedaling, and he's bouncing because he just hit a tough shot. When we're smothering him, we leave guys wide open, and they seem to shoot 100% from three. <laughs> That's a we high can, percentage. We can do it, though. There's a reason we're the number one seed. So after questioning himself, Cameron then pumps himself up, which I think is actually, well, it's fun to make fun of. And we're here to make fun of you, Cameron. I do think Cameron represents a large section of the Jazz fan base. Which Worried is about a gazillion things. Yeah. But still, yeah, come on, one seat, Let's do it. Oh, it could go wrong. But let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could go wrong. Yeah. Beach Time at Youth, says the only thing that will stop the Jazz is not playing defense or not stopping the guy with a hot hand.
3: Well, that's that one dude with the mouthpiece. Yep. <laughs> Although they do have Wiggins and Bazemore. They've got guys who can get shots.
0: A couple guys off the bench. Wiggins has had some big games here down the stretch. Yeah. And sure. I don't want to overplay them regular season like you say, but when you're fighting in that 8-9, it's pressure in the moment and it doesn't match up to, you know, I don't want to say it's the Western Conference Finals, but still for him, well, it's for a guy big coming from Minnesota, exactly. It's big for him in the moment. Yeah, And he delivered on multiple occasions. You know, he had a 38-point like a game. Well, all he's got to do is hit open strike. shots. Well, there is that. Steph's gravity opens up the rest of the floor for everybody yeah. else. Are you trying to jinx him, guys? There might still be time to delete this before the jinx takes hold. Oh, I don't believe in no jinxes. No jinxing, Derek Favor Stan. If you're mentally tough, there's no such thing as a jinx. All right, we're out of time. Have a good weekend. Big game Sunday night. P.K. and I'll be back here Monday morning 6 to 10 on 97.5 at 12-8 of the zone. Scotty and Hans are coming up next.